Okay. Yep. All right, hello and welcome to the Tuesday, May 16, 2023 hybrid in-person and virtual meeting of the San Francisco Entertainment Commission. My name is Ben Blyman and I'm the commission's president. Before we start with announcements, uh, we are expecting a voluminous number of public commenters tonight, so we are limiting public comment to two minutes per person. Uh, and now we will have announcements. All right, we would like to start the Recording meeting. Recording in progress with a land acknowledgement. We, the San Francisco Entertainment Commission, acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatish Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatish Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in the traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on the traditional homeland. We wish to pay our by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatish community and by affirming their sovereign rights as first peoples. This meeting is being held in hybrid format with the meeting occurring in person in City Hall, room 416, broadcast live on SFGov TV and available to view on Zoom or listen to by calling 1-669-900-6833 using meeting ID 879-5271-8416. We welcome the public's participation during public comment periods. There will be an opportunity for public comment, uh, general public comment at the beginning of the meeting, and there will be an opportunity to comment on each discussion or action item on the agenda. Each comment is limited to two minutes today. For those attending remotely, the commission will hear, hear up to 20 minutes of remote public comment total for each agenda item. Because of the 20 minute time limit, it is possible that not every person in the queue will have an opportunity to provide public comment, remote public comment. Remote public comment from people who have received an accommodation due to disability will not count towards the 20 minute limit. Public comment will be taken both in person and remotely via video or call-in. For each item, the commission will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person and then from, from people attending the meeting remotely. For those attending in person, please fill out a speaker card located at the side table or podium. Come up to the podium during public comment, state your name, any affiliations, and then your comment. You will have two minutes. Once finished, please hand your speaker card to the commission staff behind the podium. If using Zoom platform to speak, select the raise hand option when it's time for public comment. If calling in by phone, dial star nine to be added to the speaker line when your item of interest comes up. When you are asked to speak, you unmute yourself by hitting star six. Please call from a quiet location, speak clearly and slowly, and turn down your television or radio. If you're also viewing the meeting at SFGov TV, be sure to mute it before speaking during public comment. Alternatively, while we recommend that you use Zoom audio or a telephone for public comment, you may submit a written public comment through the chat function on Zoom. Please note that commissioners and staff are not allowed to respond to comments or questions during public comment. Thank you to SFGov TV and Media Services for sharing this meeting with the public. All right, thank you. Let's do a roll call. President Blyman. Here. Vice President Camino. Here. Commissioner Falzon. Here. Commissioner Perez. Here. Commissioner Thomas is here. 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 Yay. <laughs> uh, Commissioner Torres. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know you were going. Present. <laughs> Thank you. And Commissioner Wong. Here. Full house tonight. 
All right, thank you. Uh, agenda item number two is general public comment. So this is for anyone who wants to comment on an item that is not on tonight's agenda. So something that's not on the agenda tonight. Yes, that, that's the agenda. Yeah, so this is for things outside of the agenda. Thank you. Uh, is there any general public comment? President Blyman, this is Dylan Rice, senior analyst. I'm operating Zoom this evening, and there is a hand raised right now for general. All right, Mr. Barry Toronto, can you hear us? Um, yes. You have two minutes, please. You have two minutes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the chance to speak. Um, very interested in the item my agenda, and I hope to weigh in later, but I want to revisit a topic I've been trying. I know that a lot of it is out of your jurisdiction, but you can at least uh, impose some conditions or at least have empathy. Um, 11th Street, the 300 block of 11th Street in Folsom and Harrison's got to be a mess. For the, between the hours of, let's say, um, uh, 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 midnight and 3 a.m., there's so many double parked cars, and there's so many cars illegally parked in the bus lanes, and in the, I mean the I mean the bike, bicycle lanes, and double parked in the traffic in the traffic lanes. It impedes the bus the bus line. It impedes other tra transportation providers such as taxis. Again, the Uber and Lyft drivers are out of control. But uh, but the point is is that they could pull over if um, if they if they actually uh, if they enforced some white zones or they put up uh, cones. You should uh, honor uh, Vlad Vlad who owns uh, Butter and the uh, sports bar across the street for um, for actually putting up cones and keeping the spaces clear in front of his venue. Uh, also, DNA Lounge is pretty good because they. Uh, they have a bus zone and a outdoor dining area that they keep enforced. But uh, but the problem is the other clubs are not being good neighbors by making by 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 making it so that their staff and others don't park in front of their clubs. It's making it very difficult to 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 serve the public there. So I appreciate it that you look into this issue. At least take a look at it. Uh, now, uh, when you're out there uh, enforcing other laws and other codes. Thank you very much for your time and letting me speak. Thank, Thank you. you. Any more public comment? There's none on Zoom. All right, we're going to close general public comment and move on to number three, which is approval of the minutes for April 18, 2023. Do we have a motion to approve them? So moved. Second. Is there any public comment on our meeting minutes? Uh, there are no public comments for the minutes. All right. We'll close public comment. We can vote. President Blyman? Aye. Vice President Camino? Aye. Commissioner Falzon? Aye. Commissioner Perez? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wong? Aye. All right. The meeting minutes have been approved. Moving on is number four, which is a report from Executive Director Wyland. Thank you, President Blyman. Good evening, commissioners. As you can see, we have a packed agenda tonight. Uh, so my update will be very brief. It's just a reminder that our annual Nightlife and Entertainment Summit will be occurring on Monday, June 5th. 
starting at 1 p.m. and going till about 5 p.m. at 49 South Fairness, which is the building which we reside. It's gonna be in the conference rooms downstairs, just like last year. Uh, we're con continuing to firm up the agenda for the day and have confirmed several folks to uh, be present during our resource fair at the beginning that are gonna be tabling, um, as well as firming up our initial speakers, including uh, the fact that we're excited to share that Mayor Breed has once again confirmed that she will be attending and speaking. Um, and then we have uh, reached out to panelists on both of our two key panels. Uh, a couple of folks uh, from our commission are gonna be participating in those. So information about that uh, went out today in our newsletter, and we're gonna be continuing to flesh that out and share with our mailing list. So if you're interested in hearing more about the summit or attending, please make sure to sign up for our mailing list, uh, which you can do so online on our website. Um, beyond that, just wanted to share that, again, we will be having a fun happy hour afterward. It's gonna be a cash bar. Uh, we've chosen the location. It's free and open to the public. It's at Gambit in Hayes Valley. Uh, so we're really looking forward to that and just wanted to remind commissioners and members of the public that our uh, regular uh, a hearing on Tuesday, June 6th is canceled in lieu of the summit and we will not be meeting again as a full commission until Tuesday, June 20th after this evening. So please let me know if you have any questions. I'm gonna put a plug in for the summit. We've spent a lot of time and energy and the team has been working really hard on putting together a, a, a agenda that has a lot of substance to it. So hopefully it'll be helpful for permit holders and anyone interested in entertainment in San Francisco. So thank you for all the work on that. No further questions I'm seeing. So is there any public comment on the director's report? No public comment on the Most public report. comment. We'll move on to agenda number five, which is a report from our senior inspector. Thank you, President Blyman. Good evening, commissioners. It's my new honor to be the one delivering these reports to you all while also providing support to our valiant deputy director. We've received 102 311 complaints since our last commission hearing a month ago. I have a few updates below, but please let me know if you have any questions. Please note that a copy of the May 2nd enforcement memo is currently available to view in this week's report from Senior Inspector Google folder. I'll click, quickly summarize our enforcement actions for our canceled May 2nd hearing now. We issued a notice of violation to both South Van Nest West and Temple Nightclub for exceeding their allowable sound limits. In addition to the notices of violation, citations were given to Hotel Via for exceeding their sound limit and to Trinity Irish Bar and Restaurant for hosting entertainment without a permit. Please let me know if you have any questions regarding these enforcement actions. Um, my first update tonight is about the Brixton, located at 2140 Union Street. They hold an LLP for our indoor entertainment from our office. We received a complaint on May 6th stating loud music was escaping the bar. Inspector Zelenak responded to the complaint that same day at 3.40 p.m. Upon arrival, she found that three large doors affronting the sidewalk and their main entry door were open. A DJ was performing in the back right corner of the business with speakers facing the front doors along with their TVs playing loudly. She took a sound measurement that showed them to be in compliance with their sound limit and spoke to the manager about closing the doors as per the good neighbor policy. 
He made an effort to close the doors, which was interrupted by the owner approaching them to say that they were allowed to operate entertainment with the doors open, which is not true. Deputy Director Azevedo issued a citation on May 9th for violating the good neighbor policy and advised the owner to keep the doors closed during entertainment. Uh, the second update I have for you tonight is in regards to White Rabbit, located at 3138 Fillmore Street, who holds a POE from our office. We received a complaint on May 5th regarding volume and heavy bass presence. Inspector Fiorentino responded to the complaint on May 6th at 11.55 p.m. When he arrived, the front door was closed and interior sound measurements showed them to be operating slightly above their sound limit. He met with the manager who was able to bring their bass frequencies down into compliance. Inspector Fiorentino reminded him to keep the front door closed when hosting live entertainment. We received a second complaint later that night on the morning of May 7th, again describing high music volumes. Inspector Fiorentino responded to the complaint that night at 12.30 a.m. When he arrived, the front door was closed, but confirmed there was a heavy bass presence heard from the exterior of the venue. And when he went outside and recorded a sound measurement, it showed them to be operating six dBC above their allowable limit. He spoke with the manager again and explained they'd received another sound complaint. After a couple of attempts, the manager was able to bring the volume into compliance. This was the second violation in three hours that Inspector Fiorentino had observed. On May 9th, Deputy Director Azevedo issued a citation for violating their sound limit. And that's all. I'm not seeing any questions. Is there any public comment on the inspector's report? There are no public comments for this report. All right, we'll close public comment. We'll move on to number six, which is updates on nightlife business assistance, which I believe is Ben Van Houten. Normally I would give him a rousing welcome, but we're trying to <laughs> do this efficiently this evening. So thank you for being here, Ben. Sounds like above our pay grade here. Good thing we have a policeman here. Ben, I can hear from back. Okay. Great. <laughs> um, I'm hearing Great. Uh, good evening, commissioners. Uh, ben Van Houten from the Office of Economic and Workforce Development with a uh, short update for you all tonight. First off, a uh, quick update on the bills that we are monitoring in the California State Legislature uh, related to the nightlife sector. Um, all four of these bills are continuing to move forward. There are some additional uh, committee hearings and uh, floor hearings later this month. But just as a quick recap, that's AB 24, which requires certain businesses, including bars, to post uh, opioid antagonist kits uh, where they're provided by the state. Uh, AB 374, which allows dispensaries to sell non-prepackaged food and drinks and also to sell tickets to entertainment events. 
uh, SB 76, which would enable local governments to designate entertainment zones for shared outdoor cons alcohol consumption and would also uh, provide some important reforms to the uh, state music venue liquor license to enable music venue licensees to host private events. And then SB 495, which would uh, provide a licensing system to authorize the delivery of mixed drinks from restaurants and bars to uh, consumers. So all four of those bills are continuing to move forward at this time. A uh, few local updates here. Uh, after uh, a number of hearings, uh, Supervisor Dorsey's legislation focused on South of Market, which uh, was part planning code reorganization and then also provided a number of uh, uh, reforms related to entertainment and small business uses in South Market was approved by the Board of Supervisors um, of relevance to this group. Uh, that legislation extended the Proposition H patio reforms to the South of Market districts, uh, expanded access to 30-day permitting in South of Market zoning districts and also increased access to limited life performance permits in several uh, SOMA districts where they had not been previously uh, permitted. Uh, additionally, uh, Supervisor Peskin's legislation to enable limited life performance permit holders in the Polk Street NCD to offer entertainment until 11 p.m. Uh, has been approved by the Board of Supervisors and is now on the mayor's desk. Uh, previously, Polk Street LLP permit holders had to end by 10 p.m., one of the, I think, four areas where LLPs are authorized where they can only go until 10 p.m., so now moving to 11 p.m. Uh, in March, the mayor announced uh, that the, the intention to propose a number of additional small business permitting improvements through upcoming legislation um, in parallel with that effort. Uh, we are working, I'm working with uh, Director Weiland and Deputy Director Azevedo on thinking about uh, police code reforms and other entertainment-related measures to support the nightlife sector. It's been a good uh, conversation about, I think, some long-standing uh, need to, to revisit police code and, and, and right-size uh, some of the elements there. Looking forward to, to sharing more uh, with all of you on that as that moves forward. And then, uh, and then finally, the uh, public library is launching a digital local music collection to support local artists, and their submission window is now open. The program's called Bay Beats, and local musicians can apply, and if they're selected, they can receive a uh, $250 honorarium for the inclusion of their music in that uh, uh, collection. So trying to get the word out about that program as well. And with that, uh, my short update is done, but uh, open to any questions. Why are our libraries so cool? <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, one suggestion we may want to bring up to them is putting together like a playlist that we might be able to uh, help distribute. I'm sure they're working on it. Yeah, I, um, and, and this is something that I have not brought up to the library yet, but certainly after hearing the news that the library was going to be doing curatorial work to showcase local music, the immediate next question was, well, what are the different ways we can uh, include local music and all of the uh, different, uh, you know, city, city avenues? Um, it's something that we have discussed. I know other cities have used local music for their hold music, and that's something that I think now, if there's a... That's you know, awesome. Yeah, yeah, so. I would uh, recommend that you curated the playlist, but I've heard the music that you listen to. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. fair to keep me away. Questions? All right. Um, is there any public comment on that report? No public comment for this item. All right. Thank you very much uh, for that 
concise and interesting report. We will move on to number seven, which is hearing and possible action for permits under the jurisdiction of the Entertainment Commission. And we're gonna start with Deputy Director Azevedo to introduce the consent agenda. Thanks, President Blyman. Good evening, commissioners. We have three jam to bam applications on consent tonight. One is an FPAS application and the other two are for LLP permits, one of which is an amendment to an existing indoor LLP to include outdoor amplified sound. All of these applications are to continue outdoor activities that were conducted under their jam permits. Please note that as of yesterday, we received eight letters of opposition for Park Lab Garden's F-Pass permit application. So staff are recommending that item A from the consent agenda be moved to the regular agenda. Um, would you like to go ahead and vote on this now? Yes, and remind me, do we have to do public comment to move it? Uh, you probably should. All right, so <clears throat> just so everybody in the public knows, We'll we'll have two public comments on this agenda item, so you don't you don't necessarily you're welcome to, but you not necessarily have to speak twice on behalf of it. The first vote is just to move it to the regular agenda. Then we'll discuss it. Then there'll be another public comment before we vote on that. Okay. Um, so first, I will ask if there's any public comment on the consent agenda. On sorry, no, on moving mm -hmm. that specific item to the regular agenda. Mm -hmm. All right, hearing none, we'll close public comment on that and we can vote. Oh, we need a motion. Yeah. Uh, I move the staff recommendation to separate the Second. consent. All right, now we can vote. President Blyman. Aye. Vice President Camino. Aye. Commissioner Falzon is still outside. Um, Commissioner Perez. Here, aye. Uh, Commissioner Thomas. Aye. Commissioner Torres. Aye. And Commissioner Wang. Aye. All right, so that's gonna be moved. Okay. And now we just have the, the remaining two. Correct. Yeah. So to continue, there was no opposition for the other two permits on the consent agenda for the Mint and Mars Bar. And SFPD Southern Station added their standard calendaring condition for the two permits in their district. Staff recommendation is for the commission to vote to approve the consent agenda with the staff recommendations below. All right, so now is there any public comment on the two items remaining on the consent agenda? President Blyman, there is one hand raised right now. Okay. Trixie, can you hear us? And if you can hear us, you have two minutes. Yes, I'm actually calling in about Galleria Bohem. I don't know if it's happened, but I heard someone was- So, uh, sorry, that, that item has not come up yet. And so we're just, we just allowing public comment right now on the two items which are on the consent agenda. That will come at a later time. Tonight. And just for everyone's reference, that's the Mint and Mars Bar. Yeah, the Mint and Mars Bar. So is any remaining public comment on those two items? Does not look to be any more comments. All right, then we'll close public comment. And it's already been motioned, so we can vote. Has it? Uh, no, it has not been motioned, so we're now gonna motion. <laughs> I move the consent calendar. Second. Okay, and we're voting. Um, President Blyman. Aye. Vice President Camino. Aye. Commissioner Falzon is still not here. Uh, Commissioner Perez. Aye. Commissioner Thomas. Aye. Commissioner Torres. Aye. And Commissioner Wong. Aye. All right, the consent agenda has been approved, and I'll turn it back over to your team. Guide us through the next 
Great. So Park, this is now Park Lab Gardens will be first on the regular agenda. So Park Lab Gardens is applying for an F-Pass permit to continue hosting outdoor amplified sound in their outdoor space in Mission Bay. Regarding the eight letters of opposition we received, I responded with education about how Park Lab Gardens has been operating the same activity under a jam permit since 2021, and if approved, they'll have to adhere to their existing sound limit condition, which states they cannot exceed ambient sound levels at a distance of 50 feet from the property plane. All of the people opposing this permit application who shared where they lived are located over 400 feet from the applicant's closest speaker, but four responded that they still wish to oppose the permit. Under the JAM permit, they were allowed to have six hours of amplified sound per day, but the applicants are requesting 10 hours of amplified sound per day under the F-Pass permit. Although we have not received any complaints about Park Lab Gardens amplified sound since February 2022, Staff are recommending to allow eight hours of amplified sound per day as a middle ground solution. Uh, here to speak with you this evening is owner Carlos Muela and strategy director Ashlyn McFadden. <clears throat> I think we have a video. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, that's oh, all right. As long oh. as there wasn't. No, there was. No problem. I'm just stuck in the middle of the activity here. Okay. <laughs> no, I never saw that. Happy Emily. Got it. Now I understand. Sorry. Thinking the same thing. I don't get what they're doing. <clears throat> Uh, Commission, thanks for having us tonight. Uh, my name is Carlos Moila. I'm the owner of Park Lab Gardens. Uh, I have with me Ashen McFadden. Uh, she's our manager over at Park Lab Gardens. Um, we are uh, San Francisco's only outdoor 18-hole uh, mini golf course. Uh, we also host uh, roughly five uh, permanent food trucks and a outdoor beer garden as well. Um, we've been open since 2018 in the uh, Mission Bay District in San Francisco. <clears throat> um, yeah, we pride ourselves on, um, or sorry, excuse me, we're, we're open seven days a week, lunch and dinner from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Um, yeah, we pride ourselves in, in serving a diverse customer base um, of all income levels, of all age groups, um, you know. Uh, family-friendly, um, corporate events, um, you know, people that work and live in the neighborhood as well. We're, we're quite the destination. Um, and, and yeah, I think I'll, I'll pass it over to Ashen and maybe if you want to play the video uh, so they can get an idea of what we are.
Hi, everyone. I'm Ashlyn. Now that you've had a short tour of our space, um, a little bit in, of information on our application process. Um, as was mentioned previously, we are applying for this fixed place outdoor amplified sound permit. Oh, <laughs> that's our park across the street. Um, <laughs> to, we are applying for the fixed place outdoor amplified sound permit um, to replace the jam permit, which of course is being sunset citywide as it was a pandemic era solution. Um, we feel that the fixed place outdoor amplified sound permit is the most analogous permit to the permit that we currently have and most closely mirrors our current operations. Um, our goal in applying for this permit is to maintain our current ability to play pre-recorded ambient music in our outdoor space, um, primarily to sort of create and inform the atmosphere for our customers. Um, in terms of outreach, we work directly with the Entertainment Commission to understand the scope of impact that this change could have in our neighborhood, and we structured our outreach directly based around those conversations. We reached out to a total of 27 businesses, one residence, one nonprofit, and one community forum, which is our Neighborhood Next Door page. <laughs> um, that's in addition to the notice being hung at two entrances to our venue. All of these businesses and neighborhood sort of partners um, received a three-tiered approach outreach. So they received a call from our organization, an email from our organization, as well as a formal letter in the mail delivered via USPS. Each of those included our letter explaining the changes as well as the good neighbor policy that we currently adhered to and would need to abide um, to for our, our most important or for our potential permit upcoming. Um, it is really important to us that our neighbors weren't alarmed by this sort of necessary shift in permitting that we're undergoing as a result of the jam being sunset, um, and that they understand that for us it's more of a paperwork formality in order to maintain our current operations. Um, we have been open since 2018. We've been operating with this permit um, for just about two years. And we wanted to make sure that our community understood that we understand our responsibility to be good neighborhood stewards and to continue to respect the neighborhood with the way that we operate. Um, so specifically in pursuing this permit, um, we would be keeping the current sound levels that we currently abide by. Um, we would also be keeping our current sound area. Only 50% of our venue um, has outdoor amplified sound. It's in the food and dining sort of space of our venue, the patio seating, um, and doesn't extend into the mini golf course because we do want to be courteous to our neighbors, specifically the Madrone and Family House. Um, in addition to that, we will continue to do the things we're currently doing in order to ensure that it's a safe atmosphere in and around Park Lab Gardens. Um, we do have no parking, no smoking, and no alcohol signs, and a policy for each of those that are posted in and around our venue. Um, we have put up chains and bollards in order to protect the pedestrian right-of-way where necessary so that um, things like Uber and Lyft aren't blocking passenger zones and vehicles aren't pulling up onto curbs to unload for parties. Um, we really do want to make sure that it's a passable space for our neighbors. Um, of course, the neighborhood is well, knit, well lit, um, and we do have internal and street-facing cameras to monitor the safety of the overall situation. And our park is staffed 24-7. Um, so we are monitoring not just digitally, but with on-the-ground staff full-time. Um, and we perform a service of picking up trash 
not just within our space, but obviously beyond our borders as well. Every evening um, while the neighborhood sleeps, we make sure that we're tidying up not just our space, but everything around us. Um, in short, this permit that we're pursuing is essential to our business success, as well as all of the small businesses that we host and uplift. Um, as Carlos mentioned, we host several food trucks in addition to a mini golf course and bar, and that's just part of our standard day-to-day -day operations. We're also known for hosting many community organizations, some of them businesses, and many of them nonprofits, such as 826 Valencia, located just down the street, which is a children's literacy nonprofit, as well as Family House, our neighbors directly across the street. Um, and beyond that, we sort of do digital marketing support for things that are going on in and around our space. Um, we really rely on the music to sort of create a positive, welcoming, convivial environment. Um, it's something that we need to thrive, not just as a community space where people are coming together, um, but also to sort of drive that neighborhood commerce that is built into our mission. Um, so many businesses rely on us to attract foot traffic and to bring the public that they need in order to be successful. That's everything from us. That's a French bulldog under the table. <laughs> Please, for the record. I've been fells off, but I'm pretty sure it was the French. I have a question for you. I see a lot of the um, letters of opposition citing the proximity to Family House, which is, of course, a respite for um, families with very ill children receiving treatment nearby. Um, and also correspondence uh, connecting you to them about their concerns. What was the outcome of that conversation? Are they now in support of this application? We have yet to hear back from them. We were connected today about midday, so it would be a fairly quick turnaround time. However, looking at the language that they sent over as part of their complaint, it feels as though they were under the impression that this permit would change our operations and create um, an additional noise burden within the area, which is absolutely not what we're looking to do. Um, in that letter, they actually write that we are currently good neighbors um, <laughs> and that it's just this fear of change that would be a disturbance to them. questions right I don't have any questions so uh, you can have a seat and we will uh, open this up to public comment once you're seated thank okay you. thank you very much all right I know there's definitely some people want <coughs> comment so um, however you want to do it but just one by one please come up and state your name uh, and speak into the microphone and you do have two minutes thank you Hello, um, my name is Deanna Turgeon. I am a resident of Mission Bay. I've lived in the Madrone for over 10 years. And I am here to tell you that the current amplified sound is a problem. I am more than 50 feet, as well as the other residents in my building and the hundreds of residents um, in the area from the venue, but we are disturbed by the music today. I mean, it, it, in the recent past. Um, the family house, I know, th I know that they also have concerns, and I am here to urge the commission to deny this application to allow time to have um, the 
to allow time to really address the issues. We have never made a formal complaint to the commission, but we have complained to management at the mini golf course when the music was loud and there, it was not resolved. Um, I also wanna just give a little bit of history about um, this particular venue. I was a, a part of the Mission Bay Office of Community Investment and Infrastructure Citizens Advisory Committee process that, um, uh, that approved Park Labs coming into that venue um, a few years ago. Originally, a roller skating rink wanted to come to that venue. The community, including Family House and uh, UCSF, they have medical facilities right next door. We were against it because even if the ambient noise, the, the, the um, directive is 50 feet, there is extremely, it's very windy, the noise carries. Because the community came out against it in the process, in the community process, the application for the roller rink was denied. When Park Labs came to that same community group, we were assured that there would be no amplified sound. And that is why one of the most critical reasons it was the application was approved. This, um, okay, I, I will stop, but um, notification, nobody in my building received notification. I just want to communicate that. Thank you. Hello, thanks commissioners for hearing me out. Um, I'm also uh, a resident and homeowner, uh, very close to Park Labs, and I guess I'll speak on behalf of a bunch of people who couldn't make it. Uh, two things to mention, one is um, the posting of the notices, uh, at least to a number of the buildings uh, that are right there, was not adequate. We were not informed. We actually found out of it over the weekend because coincidentally somebody, some resident, saw a sign. And mind you, this is a lot of people who live right next door to it. So if uh, we couldn't see it for several weeks, then there should be some uh, way of notifying us so we could actually have an informed discussion. So that's one point. Second, the thing I would mention is, uh, you know, mini golf, etc., is a very nice um, activity. I should mention that uh, sound or music that is acceptable to somebody going for a night out for entertainment is what is an acceptable volume is just very different from people who have to come home every day and that's their permanent home for that level, that same level of volume and music um, makes, uh, no longer makes home peaceful, whether it's for Family House, the, you know, the cancer-stricken kids, or all the folks like myself and hundreds of others who live right there. That volume of noise and music coming home every day, it just affects the quality of life a lot. It is fun, no doubt, to hear that volume of music uh, when you're out for a night in mini golf, etc. But there's a material difference and we would just like the commission to be aware that we've had a bunch of complaints in the past. To be honest, I didn't know about this commission that you could file a, a complaint. Otherwise, we definitely would have done so. And I think many of those concerns were not addressed. So we're taking this opportunity to, at least I am, to definitely uh, object to this and uh, hope to get your consideration. Thank you. Hi, 
My name is Deborah Sesich, and I also live at the Madrone, across the street from uh, the Park Lab, uh, all of the mini golf and gardens, et cetera. And um, you know, I, I want to say that Carlos and Luis, I appreciate your passion. I appreciate the fact that you have brought a lot of vitality into the neighborhood. Um, but um, I do feel that reaching out to the businesses in the area is not the same as reaching out to all of the people that actually live there, as Ahmet said. We're there 24-7. The businesses, they come in the morning and they leave in the afternoon. Um, and so they're not affected by it in the evenings, on the weekends, et cetera. Um, I think that also that um, it isn't really the music that makes this business thrive. It's golf, mini golf. It's the food. It's um, you know all of the uh, the teepees where people can congregate, et cetera. Um, so I I sort of want to push back on that as far as you know what I think is really um, you know how to be realistic about you know what really people are coming for. Okay. Um, I have lived in this neighborhood from the very beginning for over 11 years, 12, 12 years, excuse me. And um, we have um, really asked that our neighbors, and I remember when Spark Social came and how they met with us and how there was always a lot of communication on what they wanted to do and how they were going to do it and really being a good neighbor. And for some reason, I just don't feel like this was as good, goodly neighborly as it could have been. Um, and so I would like you to consider not um, approving this uh, application. Um, and we can come back maybe at another time to sit and look at it from a different perspective. Thank you. Thank you. Looks like there's no more public comment in the room. Uh, please. Hello, my name is Ryan Modzik. Um, I'm here to speak in support of Park Lab Gardens getting to continue music in their space. Um, as someone that frequents this space fairly often, I feel like it's a major part of the experience. Um, I think anyone that says that music and business don't combine or isn't a draw um, maybe hasn't ran a small business or understands like the necessity of music uh, and entertainment. Um, I fully back them. The Muelas are responsible operators. Um, if, if, I've never heard a single bad word about any of their projects um, up until today, and I fully support them and I back them. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'm not seeing any further comment in the room. Do we have anybody on the interwork? Uh, it doesn't look like there's anyone online. No. Okay. Discussion. Can you bring them back up? Yeah. Uh, can you come back up and we have some questions for you? Good evening. Um, just for the record, was the building served with documents like you did everyone else in the neighborhood? Based on the ambient level of the sound and the um, projected impact space, um, no, they were not served. Actually, a residence that's much closer to them was served, and every person in that building was notified, and we didn't receive 
any sort of complaints or pushback from that, which is curious. Let me try it a different way. Since oh, I've been- No, the drone was not served, Okay, sorry. no, I understood. <laughs> Thank you. Outside, they were outside. Um, they were deemed to be outside, the, outside scope. the scope. Okay, how about police headquarters, since that's where I've been since the day it's opened? Yes, um, we notified Southern Station. I'm mm -hmm. not sure if that qualifies as headquarters. Yep, that's part of the building, absolutely. Um, and that was eagerly approved, and we will be sending sort of a digest of anything that we have happening in the parks to them. That's something we're very familiar with with our venue across the street, which operates under an LLP. Okay. So Madrone wasn't provided any information because they're outside the footprint. Do we know that to be actually true? So usually we require our all of our businesses to do outreach 250 to 300 feet away at maximum, and um, the Madrone was measured at 400 feet away from the closest speaker. <clears throat> I, I think what's tricky, which it's just the reality of the way it's laid out, because there's buildings on each side, you do develop an echo there. So it does travel. I, I won't dispute that for a person who's been there and works late at night. Um, from a, this may be more for staff, from a stat, so from a statutory point of view, is that something we can take into consideration? Or if they're outside the 250, they're just not part of the conversation? I mean, they're, they're obviously a part of the conversation now, so it's up to you as a commission to decide if you want to mediate now or bring back, but we will say that um, you know, anytime we get a complaint, we risk, we do our best to oh, respond. No, I, I realize that. I, I mean, I guess this is the only thing I would share. And really quickly, my background, I spent over 10 years managing all the liquor licenses for the city, which was close to 4,049 square miles. So I'm intimately knowledgeable with these types of frictions. What is unique, very candidly, is you two seem very passionate about what you do and very passionate about your neighborhood and the people concerned um, are actually incredibly balanced in their comments. They haven't been hostile. They're, they're trying to find a solution, which to me lends credibility. The only other comment I would make is it's been my experience, if three people are showing up in a large building, that represents many others that either have childcare conflict or work conflicts or don't even know this hearing's even happening. Um, so to get a presence of, of three people is significant. That's all I have at the moment. Couple things. There's another LLP, right? Spark Social, is that correct? And that's theirs as well. Okay, and that's right next door, and they have a separate sound limit with separate. Correct. Are we talking about the uh, food trucks? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Behind. And 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 just to be clear, this is just to have a fixed place amplified permit, fast pass. Okay. So it's F FX. Question. Yes. Hello. Thanks for coming in. What's your current policy when neighbors complain about sound issues? How do you guys resolve that now? Our current policy is to respond by turning the music down. Um, we acknowledge that it's not always to the level that folks are expecting us to turn it down. Our staff is also trained, every single member of our staff is also trained in how to measure our sound levels. Um, and that was guidance that was provided to us in person um, by Inspector Fiorentino. Um, so we do leave the venue, we do um, stand at the proper foot limit, and we do wait for things like cars to pass to make sure that the sound is drowned out by that additional you know, ambient noise of, of a neighborhood. Um, so that's currently what we do. And how do residents know which number to call? 
generally folks reach out to us via email and because we are so heavily staffed, our response rate is quite fast via email. Do you provide a phone number? Can you provide a phone number? Yeah, we can. And initially, a lot of people have my number for Spark Social, um, and we have our number uh, to certain like business uh, property managers and people like the CEO of Family House and things like that. They do have our personal numbers. Does every single resident have my number? Uh, I don't think so. But if if we need, but to, can that be posted the, on your website or something like that? So it's accessible. I I don't know if I'd post my personal number on the website, but if there's a different way to do things, just call I'd forward. totally open it. I just do call forwarding. Sorry? It just forwards. You just have it forward to your cell. No, no, I know how to do No, I mean, so when they call my bars and we're yeah. not there in my dispensary, then it, uh -huh. my phone rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Open to sharing it with, like, property managers and things like that, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Would you consider getting a, like, a designated phone and not your personal cell phone number, a designated business number that can be shared to the community so that when they have a complaint, there's a way to reach you guys in real time. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, thank you. I, I had a question for staff. Uh, we haven't heard anything from Family House yet on our end either. Yesterday I received a letter from the executive director and <clears throat> it did just as Ashlyn stated and that letter is included in your file. There were concerns and it seemed as though it was about an enhancement of the programming. Um, I spoke with the executive director, asked if I could put them in touch with the Park Lab team and they said yes, absolutely and that correspondence occurred today. So we haven't heard or I have not heard a response back um, yet. Thank you. Questions? More. Um, I have some thoughts here. So first of all, I think there's, this happens quite frequently in here where we're such like an obscure commission that you know, this is a very packed house for us right now. Sometimes it's slightly fewer people in here, but uh, people are kind of unaware of what it is actually that we do. And so we were created by a charter to act as uh, essentially a mediator between the issues of sound and sometimes security and other things and the issues that uh, neighbors have because previous to this um you have to take your shot the poli the police were in charge of that and you can imagine they he never misses this they off. had their hands full with other things and weren't uh, necessarily acting as a meteor so that's why this um they did their best they tried thank you um so um so i think what happens a lot in here is people come in and say you know something similar to what you said which is totally understandable which is you know delay this we need more time don't give them the permit right but I think there's a there's kind of fundamental under, misunderstanding sometimes in that when we bring people into a, a permanent permit like this then then they have a, a much bigger layer of scrutiny over them and that becomes us at all times we have inspectors in the field we have Maggie we have Caitlin I think you've dealt with Caitlin and and some of the people and you see they're they're on top of things and so you know, what we've often found is people who were concerned um, beforehand actually like, wait, now I actually have somewhere to go to. And it, I'm not, you don't have to respond to that, but we, you know, I've been doing this for seven years on this commission and over and over and over again, we find that, that repeatedly. So if there, for example, is uh, audible noise in your building, that's uh, not allowed. And so we're unaware of that. I will say 311 goes directly to us when you file a complaint. So that, um, so 
th that is a way when our inspectors in there are in the field to, to that that we 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 respond to almost every single 311 complaint very regularly right i would argue a lot more than the for example the police respond to like <laughs> 911 calls and things right so just kidding joking joking um, but so you know it, it adds this extra layer and then you you know we answer the phone when you call we're not just a city department you know you could say it was really loud yesterday and then we can act as mediator we also act as a mediator in bringing neighbors and operators together for an ongoing dialogue which clearly has not happened here um, I will say though in their defense you know the law says and I know, and they sh you know, it's always nice when people go above and beyond, but ha being a business owner in this city myself, navigating all of the rules and all of the restrictions, and all of the things, it's really hard when somebody asks me, oh, you should have done more than it said for you to do on this piece of paper that we handed you. And you're like, you know, at one point you're just like, like what, come on, right? And I've been through that many, many times in the city. So, you know, I, I am very kind of, I'm, I, I understand, I can hear the, the concern. So, you know, I'm not, suggesting right now what our course of action is but i just think that no matter what action we take going forward that now you know we're aware we're here we're on it and we work toward solutions and like i said if it's audible you're beyond the 50 feet that is allowed and that's not allowed and that may be one single speaker that's bouncing off of a cloud and headed over to your building or maybe one that they can disconnect or something that needs to be turned down there's all sorts of like actual ways of tweaking things. And we're fairly relentless um, in our efforts to mitigate issues. And so what, what we found in the past is that when we're brought in, actually issues get solved faster than when we kind of leave it to others. And that's over and over and over and over and over again for seven years that I've seen that. So I just wanna just kind of set the table there. Um, you know, n what we do here going forward, I think, you know, personally, you know, I. I want to see um, I, I, if we're if we're going to go forward with it. I would want to see not conditioned, but a, a, a kind of enforced dialogue going forward, so that we make sure that they are connecting with people that they maybe didn't know had issues or that were outside of the spectrum. And but it, no, no, this is not our dialogue. I'm sorry. Um, whether or not they have done that in the past and they should have known better, that means that's completely moot. It's what we do starting now going forward. That's what I'm talking about, right? Um, and you know, people say, they didn't do this, they do this. We, we, don't, we don't get involved in that. We say, here's what we need done now starting in the future. That's how we operate here. So um, those are just some, some things I wanna set the table with, but other thoughts? I mean, I guess I, I think this is a question for staff, really, in terms of, you know, I think we know sound travels a little differently sometimes when you've got big, you know, a open space and then tall buildings around it reflecting the sound. And I know that the, the requirement is the 50 feet at ambient, and I'm wondering if there are ways to measure sound at ambient further out from 50 feet if that would make any difference. I don't know, I'm not sure if what I'm asking is even feasible or. I think that would be working backwards just because that would then allow their volume to be audible further away and that's not what we want to occur. So 
giving the 50 feet, that's the lowest distance that we would want to go for feasibility purposes. Anything closer than that just isn't realistic. Yeah, I guess I'm trying to get a sense of how loud it is 400 feet away, for example, mm. compared to 50 feet away. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah, so that's, I think, what Ben was sort of getting at. And this is one of those where now that we know this is an issue, we can go and set a specific limit based on the 50-foot measurement to ensure compliance. And while we're out there, we can certainly go and take a reading at 400 feet away by the Madrone building um, to see what that is telling us, see if that is kicking up ambient higher than you know what ambient was originally read at at that location. Um, and that could then advise us if we need to then inform Carlos of ways in which they can mitigate configuration of the speakers, because that sometimes is the case, where a speaker might be pointing in the direction of a sensitive receptor um, and causing some issue there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They're, they're far enough away that, that something, my, my gut is that something's happening Right, the 400 feet is pretty far. That's a you know a city block and and right. some and so you know in, there's I'm guessing here it's just speculating, but something's bouncing off of something, and so that those are not the worst situations because you can isolate and do a, a, a more isolated test, which we've done you know recently at 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 a, at a spot on Divis where we were you know literally turn off that speaker. Can you hear it? Okay, it's not that one. Turn on this one. Right, like just a little more. Uh, uh, yeah, a little more like direct than just saying, okay, let's have, take a general ambient. As well? Haven't we done it with some of the stadium events? Yeah, absolutely. Where we were getting calls from the East Bay and by just pivoting some speakers. Yeah, away from Al Alameda, really. They're, I didn't want to get particular. They get a lot of our sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is so odd, but yes, it is Alameda. Yeah, so what, I, what, I, what, what I'm saying is, you know, uh, how we move forward might, might be a little more of a, of a strategic approach rather than, oh, uh, let's take a measurement here, let's take, which I'm, I'm, you're not suggesting, but, yeah, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. just we yeah, have a no, little, we have more tools than just that. Just that. Yeah. And however we proceed, I just strongly recommend, it sounds like there is a lot of concern about impacts over at this particular <coughs> building, the Madrone. I highly recommend you open a dialogue with them and, um, start to work out some of those issues together. I, and I'd like to say it wasn't done on purpose, right? We were just going through the conditions, right? Uh, certainly, yeah. certainly, yeah. Not implying any bad faith <laughs> on your part, but just observing that tonight there are few people from one building, so it does indicate there's something happening there. Yeah, we'd even recommend that um, after the agenda item that you all step out in the hall, and if you'd like Senior Inspectors Verena to join you, he can step out for a couple of minutes just to discuss how we can go out and measure sound and help mediate. Any more questions for them while they're standing there? Besides Madrone, is there another resident building that might be impacted that we should consider now? Sorry, what was the question? Is there Besides uh, the Madrone resident building, oh, is there another building nearby yeah. that's also within the edge of this that we should be cons we should consider? Within the edge, I don't believe so. There is a residential building that's closer to Spark, which has the LLP. Um, 
and would likely be more concerned with noise from that building. I don't believe we've received complaints from them recently. Um, the building that is residential that directly abuts Park Lab Gardens and is one of the buildings creating that canyon effect, um, they were notified and they did confirm with us that they sent that notification to every single one of their residents. The name of that building is 588. Um, five is spelled out with letters and then eight, eight in numbers. And its address is also 588 um, on our street. I do, I am very interested in the possibility of testing speaker by speaker um, because I do think it's very revealing that the building that is directly next to us didn't submit any complaints and that a building further down the street did. So um, very interested in exploring that, that bouncing. It bounces in strange ways. Sometimes it just gets picked up and put on like your, you know, like like Corona Heights, you know, from AT and T Park. It's just or maybe it's your Coit Tower. Uh, um, I, I getting back to um, to Commissioner <laughs> uh, Perez's point. I just want to point out too that on the uh, the the number four of the good neighbor policy, which is a standard policy that every permit holder uh, abides by, number four is permit holder shall provide a phone number to all interested neighbors. Um, so it's not uh, so that's something easily fixable, whether it's a burner phone or a, a call forward, whatever it is there. Um, yeah, that is something easily fixable. Right now, we do have one number, and I think the confusion is that it doesn't run directly to my team. It runs to the mini golf team. Um, we all work out of a shared office space and we all work collaboratively, um, but that is the public facing number right now. So it's possible that the community um, needs something with our name on it directly, and we can certainly remediate that. Yeah, it's a requirement, and um, clearly there's an, there's issues. So it's something that you know that's an easy way to cut it off at the pass. Um, having had eleven bars with many many angry neighbors, many of them, um, many. I felt. Oh my god, just my it's just my face too. It's not the sound, but the um, they um, uh, you know I, I found that like answering the phone and talking to them in real time was like literally stopped. 99 out of 100 issues, like literally, because they felt powerless, they felt annoyed, they felt like, just like when you call Comcast and you can't get through, instead they're like, oh, I got you, or a text, you know, a lot of them just text me, turn it down, right? And then, boom, done, and they say, thank you so much, and then we're friends, right? And so I found that to be just an incredible resource, and I thought it would be annoying, and in fact, it, it was much less annoying than the alternative, right? Which is just angry people who are upset because they don't feel like you care. Right, mm -hmm. so um, and it's you know, I'd say so. Um, all right, you can have a seat. We'll Thank you. All this over. Thank you. More questions? Motions. Let me. I don't expect us to get a lot of legs, but my preference would be that they, this isn't the first time this has happened, that we realize there's concerns the night of the hearing. Um, and I don't think it was intentional. I think it's just the nature of, like our president explained, we can be a little bit obscure. My preference would be, this is my preference, that the parties met and collaboratively came up with um, some solutions before this was approved. I don't agree. Um, 
I think that's one solution. I think it's fine. Um, I think that's, you know, it's not the end of the world to, to punt it for a couple weeks till the next hearing. Um, it's a month. Just a month till the next hearing. Um, I don't think anything that would happen in that period of time, I don't think that, that approving the permit would change that at all. I think, you know, part of approving this permit would mean that they would have to abide by the rules. And if people are hearing sound 400 feet away, then they're violating the rules. So accidentally, but they're violating the rules, right? Can I add a logistical point to that timeline? Um, because they're located on private property, the jam permit for them expires on May 31st. And so that technically means that they would not be able to host amplified sound between now and June 20th, or excuse me, then and June 20th. So it would stop so their it would, programming. It would, it would cause a, you know. A, so I, 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 I agree with you on everything, Commissioner, until, except for that one point. I think that everything that you said needs to happen no matter what. And while I don't think we should condition it, I think it's clear that it, it's, it has to happen, especially given the fact that there's audible noise at a, at an, at a distance that's not allowed. It's simply not allowed by us. So. And I will concede to your point that whatever happens, the voice of any complainant's not neutered regardless where we go. We still have a voice, and, and, uh, and now you know where we are and you know how to find us. Um, so. Yeah, and in, in many ways, it's, it's reversed. It's, there's, you know, and we found this. There's a place for people to go with a, a like, incredibly responsive department behind it. As oh, I agree. To we have the best. Calling 311. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, it, I think we, there's a communication issue and there's a technical sound issue, right? And I feel like if we can, and the sound is, I mean, they're currently operating under a permit. I would like to be able to figure out how they continue to be able to operate as they're currently operating while we, particularly Entertainment Commission staff, figure out how to help address both the communication issue, which I think we've probably made some uh, headway on this evening in terms of having a phone number, people knowing they can call 311, um, that, and then also spend some time working on the technical issue of figuring out what the what's causing the sound to be louder it sounds like 400 feet away than it is 50 feet away um, yeah and we and you know we as a commission we can direct staff to prioritize things right and I would be very comfortable with with asking their team to make this a priority if we were to go forward with it yep yeah so that I mean that would be my suggestion is that we move forward with um, approving this with staff recommendations and adding in uh, however we want to phrase that around staff prioritizing um, addressing the sound traveling issue yeah we just have to say we and we direct staff to prioritize this issue it doesn't have to be part of the, the permit itself was, was that a motion <laughs> it did sound kind of like a motion it was like it? almost <laughs> be almost motioned i would like to move approval um of this with staff recommendations and not as part of the permit language but as part of the commission's direction to staff to prioritize um identifying what the the technical sound issue is and figuring out working in partnership with the neighbors and the um, permit holders to mitigate the impact um, 
on further away residents. Before it second, can, can I just ask one quick question? Because I was preoccupied in the beginning of this. Mm. Did, am I understanding correctly that their current jam is six hours? And then they asked for 10 and the commission's recommending eight. Is that accurate? Yeah. So just in the spirit of equity, the, the uh, I forget their name, Family House? Yes. So her letter, if I heard it correctly, was that there was no enhancement, they're okay. But there is an enhancement. So I just wanna be transparent on that. So we are looking at increasing their use by two hours if we go with what staff's recommending. And given how vulnerable that population is, I am curious as to what their comment and reaction is to the to the application. So, so that maybe said, we leave it at six for the. Do you accept a friendly amendment to, and maybe I don't. I'm not clear on our rule. Could could they come back at a certain time, once we have a track record, and try to tack on those two hours? Yeah, we can call them back anytime we want, and they can put a. Sorry, they can request a, an amendment to their permit whenever they want it's our it's our discretion to to see them so and we would also mm -hmm. if that was the case and they wanted to come back for a potential change in permit conditions at their request we would also make sure that they were doing neighborhood outreach again that might be a nice uh split the baby in half here between you and me what okay. do you think so it sounds like staff recommendations except for six hours instead of eight hours yeah and even though it's already in the good neighbor policy, can we underscore the need that they have? They need to have a dedicated phone number, a cell phone number that the neighbors can call. I think that's something we just need to make sure we're following up with Carlos about to yeah, ensure part that's of the permit occurring. In there. Okay. So yeah. if they're violating that, then we we have okay. the ability to say you're, yep. you're out of compliance. May was all of that clear <laughs> on the language? Yes. <laughs> okay, yes, you. we're just making what amendment to do six instead of eight hours. And I just have a question in regards to the prioritization component that this will also include um, circling back with um, Family House. Okay. Absolutely. We can also offer if they want to be present for any sound testing. All right. There is a motion. Is there a second? Second. We already did public comment. Yeah, we already did. Okay, great. Uh, President Blyman. Aye. Best Vice President Camino. Aye. Commissioner Falzon. I've never done this before, but I have every expectation of voting no, but I'm going to vote yes. Thank you. <laughs> oh, <Mr>. Thomas surprise. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is a status quo. Okay, so that was a yes. Um, okay, <laughs> Commissioner, Commissioner Perez. Aye. Commissioner Thomas. Aye. Commissioner Torres. Aye. And Commissioner Wong. Aye. All right. So it's been granted. So uh, follow up with our staff as early as you can. We'll work to mitigate these issues, communicate with them, and when you feel like you're ready and they're ready and, and things are not an issue, then let them know and we can, we'll, at our discretion, we can have you back if you would like to amend it. All right, one. <laughs> okay, great. That was the first one. Um, and the consent count. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, the next permit on our regular agenda is for uh, FX Entertainment LLC DBA Hawthorne that is applying for a one-time outdoor event permit to host outdoor entertainment and amplified sound with extended duration. 
Hawthorne is a nightclub and lounge with a place of entertainment and extended hours premises permit with our office already for their interior entertainment. During the pandemic, they were able to get a shared spaces street closure with SFMTA for Maiden Lane between Kearney Street and Grant Avenue for outdoor dining. They applied for a jam permit for this outdoor area and was granted one in 2021 for Mondays through Fridays from 4 to 10 and Saturdays and Sundays from 12 to 10. They are now transitioning from their jam permit and seeking the same request on their renewed and approved shared spaces permit for the same location. There was only one complaint made for this outdoor activity since they've received their jam, which is included in the packet. The applicant conducted extensive outreach in advance of this hearing, which included passing out an outreach letter to the residents and other businesses on Post, Kearney, Gary, Grant, and Maiden Lane around the closure. No complaints came from the outreach and SFPD Central Station had no additional recommendations. Here to speak with you this evening is permit applicant Chadwick Bombach over Zoom. Chadwick, are you there? We're waiting for the person to zoom in. Hi, can you hear me okay? Yes, we can hear you now. Go ahead. Okay, great. Sorry about that. So just as uh, you had prefaced, I, uh, my name is Chadwick Bombach with Hawthorne in, in the downtown Union Square District. Uh, we've been there since 2014. Uh, we're a basement space with our main entrance on Geary Street and our back entry exit at 47 Maiden Lane. Uh, uh, as you mentioned, we've maintained the jams permit to host uh, music and entertainment activations uh, during our happy hours and weekend daytime events uh, since the Entertainment Commission started offering this option a couple years ago. Um, these activations mainly consist of DJs and jazz type entertainment events including uh, soloists as well as simple playlists over a speaker for happy hour guests. Um, having this permit will help us offer more to our guests and special private event clients. Our hope is that it will also um, help and at least on our collective part, drive more overall business to uh, the downtown district, which has uh, definitely been uh, impacted uh, quite a bit since COVID. Um, We'd like to utilize uh, the new entertainment permit uh, mainly on the weekends, but also during the week for certain events and activations. Um, Location-wise, currently uh, Maiden Lane on both blocks, including the block that we're on, uh, is already shut down to traffic and allows for pedestrian access only during the day until 6 p.m. So our permits would just allow an extension for this. And in most cases, uh, the proposed entertainment area uh, would be just within a 70 foot section at our 47 Maiden Lane address. And that's all I have. Questions? Let's see if there's any public comment first. Maybe that'll spark some questions. Uh, if you want to speak at public comment, just step to the front and state your name. You have two minutes to speak. Okay.
Uh, uh, so if you're going to do public comment, you have to speak in the microphone, so it's on the record. Uh, we threw some entrepreneurial events on behalf of State of California at Hawthorne, and Chadwick was very helpful, someone I really believe, and he wants to serve the community, so anything he says will uplift community no matter what. So Chadwick, you know, you're on the right path. <laughs> Thank you so much. I wasn't sure where that Thank was you. Go. He was directing the... Chadwick directly. Wait, wait. That was mm -hmm. wait, wait. Um, is there any more public comments? It's okay. Wait for the secretary. <laughs> is there any? All right. uh, no more. Uh, no more public comments on Zoom or in person. All right, Chadwick, you can sit down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks. Any comments? Any questions? Can I, move, can I make a motion? You can make a motion. I'd like to move to approve this item with staff recommendations. Second. All right, we can vote. President Lyman? Aye. Vice President Camino? Aye. Commissioner Falzon? Yes, aye. Commissioner Perez? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wong? Aye. All right, thank you for Zooming us, and we can move on to the next Thank you. Thank you. Luck. Thanks, Chadwick. All right, I believe I'm next. That's a different permit. Yes. Okay. Um, President Blyman, do you want to start this off? Great. Eagle. Eagle Bar? The Eagle, yeah. Oh. Go, go ahead, Dylan. Okay, I'll get started. Good evening, commissioners. So the next permit on the regular agenda is from SF Eagle Bar to obtain a one-time outdoor event permit to host outdoor entertainment and amplified sound in the Eagle Plaza street closure on a daily basis through March 31st, 2024. We have included them on the agenda tonight because they are requesting more than 23 days of outdoor entertainment within a 12-month period. They would like to host DJs and drag shows and LGBTQ and leather community-based programming in the street closure. While they don't anticipate hosting outdoor entertainment or amplified sound every single day, they are requesting to have the flexibility to choose which days and which hours to have programming within the parameters that we set. SF Eagle is requesting permission to host this activity Monday through Friday between 10 a.m and 10 p.m. for up to six hours per day. So again, it's up to six hours per day. And Saturday and Sunday for up to eight hours per day between the hours of 8 a.m. and 10 p.m. Sound checks would occur intermittently between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. SF Eagle Bar has received a grace period from SFMTA to operate their expired shared spaces permit until they receive approval at the SFMTA board directors meeting on June 6th where the board will vote on approving to extend their permit through March 31st, 2024. The applicant conducted neighborhood outreach to affected neighbors within a one block radius of the street closure premises. For the record, there was some confusion with what neighbors were told in terms of outreach. An incorrect version of the outreach letter was delivered to some neighbors listing incorrect days and hours information, but the applicant delivered the correct letter to those neighbors shortly after this error was discovered. 
you received opposition from five neighbors. You will see those comments in your folder, along with the application and outreach documents. SFPD Southern Station provided the recommendation of the following. A, to please send them a scheduled events with 500 or more estimated attendees at least 30 days in advance. B, to send them a monthly calendar at least 10 days in advance of the coming month. And C, in the calendar, the permit holder should list the type of event and the estimated attendance for each event. Note that uh, the Entertainment Commission staff is recommending different days and hours than what SF Eagle Bar is proposing. To put this into the record, I will read out this, what the staff's recommending. We're recommending uh, to allow up to six hours of outdoor entertainment amplified sound between 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. daily, with the exception of four special events per month. A special event is defined as an event with up to eight hours of outdoor entertainment and or amplified sound between 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. that utilizes a louder sound limit set by Entertainment Commission staff. In addition, EC staff are recommending they email a monthly calendar of events to the Entertainment Commission and SFPD Southern Station at least uh, 10 days prior to the beginning of the month. In that email, the Eagle would need to specify the dates of their special events each month. We're also recommending that sound checks may occur intermittently between 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. So that's a lot of information that's read for you. Um, please look at the memo for all the details. Um, here to speak with you tonight are from the SF Eagle, they are Lex Montiel, Omar Mor Morales, and Drew Gunzer. And I'm going to bring them in momentarily. Uh, they are on Zoom. Okay, I'm bringing Lex in. Drew Gunzer and Omar Morales right now. Okay, so Lex, Omar, and Drew, um, please unmute yourself, whoever wants to speak first. And whenever you're ready to share screen, you may do so for your slides. Thank you very much. Um, I will have Omar to be uh, ready with the uh, slides. And I will myself start, um, if I may. So I grew up. Good afternoon, my name is Lex Montiel, owner and operator of the San Francisco Eagle Bar. I stand before you today to advocate the renewal of our permit for amplified sound at Eagle Plaza. This request is not only to, for uh, about amplified sound, but it's all about foresting inclusivity, providing additional amenities, and creating a safe space for artistic expression. Eagle Plaza was opened in 2019 after a five-year-plus of approval process that included many community meetings, and it was originally proposed as a place for events and entertainment uh, for the leather and, and LGTB community. It is now part of the Leather Cultural District, which has a rich history as a rallying point of social hub of the leather and LGTB communities of San Francisco. With this permit, the San Francisco Eagle Bar would be able to fulfill the promise of the Eagle Plaza by hosting reasonable and contained outdoor gatherings to create a safe space for our community to socialize. The San Francisco Eagle Bar, as a steward of the Eagle Plaza, has been a vital fixture in San Francisco leather and LGTB communities for decades, serving as a gathering place where people can be themselves, free from judgment, discrimination, 
and criminalization. It provides solace and support during times of adversity and offers a venue to celebrate diversity and promote unity among our patrons. We help they create the Eagle Plaza and we seek this permit because we're committed to our community and we want to create a vital space where people can come together. Each day is disheartening to witness the scrutiny and persecution faced by drag queens and other queer and trans artists who challenge societal norms. Our, our request is to permit a renewal is largely driven by the desire to provide a space where these individuals can freely express themselves by embracing their unique art forms. By renewing our permit will allow us to offer drag artists a platform to showcase their talents and stand in opposition of the limiting and artistic expression of this in other states. Moreover, our request extends beyond the more of the sound amplification. We're proposing to offer an additional amenity of food service and entertainment in the plaza. By doing so, we aim to enhance the overall experience for visitors, fostering a vibrant atmosphere where people can socialize and enjoy delicious light bites and be entertained. The renewal of our permit is an integral part of this vision, enabling us to create an, immer an immersive, dynamic environment. I want to directly address the concerns to sensitive receptors that is, this could create a nuisance. The SF Eagle Bar is committed for, to the Entertainment Commission's good neighbor policy and will mitigate any negativity impacts that they emerge. I emphasize that the hours that we're seeking as part of our entertainment renewal are not always to be intended to play in daily and continuous. We are simply seeking flexibility. In closing, by renewing our permit, we're not only supporting the vibrancy of the Eagle Plaza, but also reaffirming your commitment of promoting inclusivity, diversity, and freedom of artistic expression. Let us come together to create a space where everybody can gather and celebrate and unite. Thank you for this consideration. Any initial questions before we do public comment? Well, just the... Um, Staff recommended a different uh, arrangement of the hours with instead of the eight hours every weekend, just four during the month. And I just wanted to um, make sure that the permit applicants were okay with that or get there. Do they understand the, what staff is recommending? And Dylan, just noting that when commissioners have a question, um, we're hoping that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, the question I believe was for Lex, but um, yeah, we did explain that, that we are recommending those four special event days that will have the up to eight hours allowed that can be at a um, slightly louder sound limit. And they can choose whichever four days they want in the month. Uh, and they have to notify us and SFPD Southern Station no later than 10 days with their calendar of events for the coming up month. And Dylan, are they in concurrence with that? That's why Commissioner Thomas is so, trying to understand. Right, so um, I'll let Lex say that, but uh, they are proposing a, a much a broader uh, number of hours. So I, just, I wanted to make sure that I was communicating our recommendations 
and then also letting them communicate what their desire is. What, what we are like to uh, have the board consider is that we have um, Monday through Friday is going to be on the atmosphere um, amplified sound for the, uh, the dining on the plaza. There's not going to be live entertainment. Uh, and it's those, those dates are Monday through Friday. And it's just basically during when people are um, having um, food. And obviously, we'll, we're not trying to, uh, we want to make sure that uh, all our neighbors understand that we're not to, uh, intending to throw a party every day out in the, in the public. We're just trying to put food service on tables with um, some um, atmospheric uh, sound, amplified sound. And then on the shows that we're trying to propose is um, going to be, we're trying to uh, have uh, the consideration to have uh, brunch on um, Saturday and Sunday and to which we can have, um, you know, a, like a one hour, two hour show uh, uh, for uh, as a brunch shows. And then, you know, eventually that will end and then we'll continue with the light ambience music. So um, we don't want to, have, but that's what we were, uh, we, we did um, uh, understand and appreciate the, um, the request, uh, but because we're trying to have just a, a small shows during brunch, which brunch will only extend between, I think it's between nine uh, to 10, but we're not gonna have like the full, excuse me, nine to one or two in the afternoon, we're not gonna have a show through, during the whole time of brunch. Uh, we're still trying to moderate how that, how it's gonna be, but we definitely will uh, open to have uh, the recommendations and listen to them. We wanted to express what our plan was and then go from there following your instructions and guidance. Um, obviously, we, again, I, try, I need to stress to everybody that we're not trying to throw a party every day. We're just trying to have additional food service out in the plaza as uh, we were, um, the previous uh, denomination of the shared space was, but that's it. Question for Dylan. Hi, Dylan, this is Al. Hi. Uh, you mentioned uh, the permit um, applicant is required 10 days prior whenever they decide to have that four special events per month. Is that correct? That's correct. Do they re alert us or do they also need to alert the residents in the neighborhood? Um, well, they can certainly, we, you know, the, the conditions didn't actually mention that they should alert residents, so we could certainly um, make that a part of it. If that's if that's appropriate, that's something that we can add, or you can suggest to add to the calendar conditions. I think I got a little confused here. I just have a question. So, it sounds like if I'm w the staff recommendations are four events per month total. S quote special, special events, and we deem those as events that have up to eight hours. So that's an extension of the regular operating and with a sound limit that would not exceed ambient at 100 feet from the periphery of the property plane and, and as opposed to 50. Got it, and I heard the applicants say they wanna do something Monday through Friday as well as additional brunches on Saturday, Sunday. So is that, are they asking for a very different than what we're recommending or is there a huge delta there or? Dylan, can you explain the delta again? Just real Sorry, quick, I the think difference I just got between the name. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or sorry, so, so current staff recommendations is um, every single day, six hours at 50 feet at ambient. God, and it can okay. be between the window of 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. So they can choose which six hours they want. And then they get separately, they get four days per month, up to eight hours, <laughs> where they can have louder sound limit. And the, again, the window is between 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. Got it. So they would like every Saturday and Sunday to have entertainment starting as early as 8 a.m. <coughs> going up to eight hours. So they, they would like they would like the window to be 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Uh -huh. instead of 10 a.m. 10 p.m. <coughs> and then I'm glad to hear a clarification from Mr. Montiel that so they actually they just want to have pre-recorded ambient music Monday through Friday, because that that is a it's really good information to have. Which so, is how we are suggesting conditioning them. So I think the only difference then is that they would like potentially eight special event days a month. Yeah, and we're saying well, four, well, and and we're not we're not recommending it as early of a start as eight a.m. Yeah, eight a.m.s. That's the. I mean, so good, the city's good neighbor hours are 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. And and to just note, there are sometimes more than eight weekend days in a month. Occasionally. Oh, true. Um, That's right. Okay. Uh, I just had a question for um, uh, Mr. Montiel. Um, you have the support of uh, Leather LGBTQ Cultural District. Yes, we have uh, discussed that with them as well. But um, just to clarify, I, I would not start any shows before t 10 a.m. Um, of any of the, on Saturday or Sunday. I definitely don't think that it would be, okay. you know, recommendable for us to start that. I mean, we obviously care for our community and our neighbors. And, okay. no, I, you know, I know that we'll, we will not start any shows before 10 a.m. And just to clarify, you have the support of Leather LGBTQ on this activation? Yes, we had discussed it at length. Uh, this plan has been on the works since 2020 uh, when we started getting our um, permits to get our kitchen, which is it's finally completed in, you know, after three years of construction and different processes. But yeah, we have been in close contact with them and they also looking forward for the branches. Okay, thank you. All right, so the main things now are, are basically just how many days a month. That's, that's, that's the, the delta. I thought they were going after the end up crowd, 8 a.m. <laughs> oh, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was a yeah. no one goes Come on over, <laughs> keep it going. Um, okay, and can, so um, in terms of the difference between eight and four, can staff explain what the reasoning was for reducing that? Let's defer to Deputy Director Azevedo on that. We were considering the proximity of nearby sensitive receptors, which is the neighbors that are immediately adjacent to the building and then directly across the street. Within how many feet? Within 50, within 55 feet across the street. 
Got it. Thank you. Have any of those neighbors, you may have said this already, have they reached out to us, Dylan or? Dylan. Yes. So um, without identifying specific um, addresses, um, there were um, at least four of the complaint, uh, sorry, the four of the objections were from close proximity um, from what we received prior to today. We received it by email and by phone. Then one was anonymous, so I don't know exactly where they were. All right, I think we should do public comment and hear if anybody wants to say anything. So is there anybody in the room who'd like to comment on this for public comment? Okay, interwebs. Um, I actually have a public comment that was sent to me um, due to disability. They asked for an kind of um, accessibility. So I'm. they emailed me their comment and I'm just going to read it for the record. Okay, so let me time myself here. So this is anonymous neighbor. I extremely disagree and disapprove of granting this permit. I have severe PTSD and trauma and a dysregulated nervous system. Granting a permit for the Eagles potentially every day to have amplified outdoor performance would change my living situation drastically and no longer provide a safe living situation for me that isn't detrimental to my health. An extended exposure could require me to move to a more quiet area which would be nearly impossible to find on my fixed income of less than 1,000 per month. The loud noise that would be allowed every day from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. would send my adrenaline system into fight or flight mode the entire time. The fact that this permit would allow this every day and not limited to Friday or Saturdays or specific dates and times ahead planned ahead would also exacerbate my disability. This is a quiet residential street and we have already have Saturday markets and Saturday farmers markets that may occasionally have music in the morning until the afternoon. There are also school children and families that have moved into the large apartment building on the street and many families with young children in grade school like in the houses on this street. Having loud amplified outside music until 10 p.m. every day, including Sundays, and every day during the week until 10 p.m. would be detrimental to the children in the grade school. And for people that work early mornings or nurses or other occupations that work night shifts that need to sleep during the day. Due to my various disabilities, I have to go to sleep at 8.30 to 9 p.m. and sleep past 10 a.m. because my health is so poor. A child is likely to go to bed before 10 p.m. also. Many of these houses in the area are from 1906 and don't have soundproof windows or doors or soundproof construction in general, including my own residence. Please, I strongly encourage and I'm begging the commission to deny the approval of the permit for item ECOT. TE23120 San Francisco Eagle DBA SF Eagle Bar. Thank you for your time and consideration. Commissioners, I just want to point out that uh, another applicant um, from, from the same permit, uh, Mr. Omar Morales, has his hand raised. I wonder if, if we want to make sure that everyone has had an opportunity to speak from the permit holder or the permit applicant side. Did you do that? Yes. Um, so, Omar, if you could unmute yourself, um, you're welcome to speak. Thank you, Dylan, and thank you, Commissioners. I just wanted to uh, make a couple of points about the sound and uh, the concern for our immediate neighbors, um, in particular, uh, the residents of HQ. Um, so a couple things about that. There, uh, we, we were involved in uh, uh, setting up an in-kind agreement with the, um, men, uh, the uh, developers, so we uh, we were involved with having them build uh, some of the building materials and some of the layout and um, the construction of the building was with the eagle in mind and the sound. So there are some uh, building features that, that help limit 
um, uh, noise disturbance. And then also, uh, we were also involved with uh, having the, uh, the building um, at 1532 Harrison to uh, include language in their leases for anyone that's a potential uh, resident to, uh, and they're, they're aware before they sign what they're signing up for. And, uh, and lastly, um, if I could just share my screen, I wanna just make a point about our outdoor speakers that are what are called, um, <clears throat> they're well, that are what are called short throat speakers. And on this diagram here, um, the, everything within the green, uh, north of the green, is the seating area um, that we propose. The purple dots that you see are where the short throat speakers are. And uh, from across the street, um, you cannot see, you cannot hear uh, the music or the, the ambient noise that is coming from those speakers. Um, so not only can you not hear it across the street, um, the building across the street has features and design, design features that, that prevent uh, uh, with noise uh, disturbance in mind. And then also lastly, again, the language and the lease um, residents know that they're expecting. So um, I think that we uh, that we've we've done a good job of uh, trying of, of having that in mind and trying to uh, be a good neighbor. Um, so, uh, thank you. Um, was there any other any other person from uh, Drew? Did you want to speak, or are you finished for now? I think uh, I think we've heard enough, Dylan. Okay. Um, so. Okay. Um, um, I assume public comments over. We got a little over our skis there. Okay, so we'll close public comment and uh, we can discuss this. Um, I would just like to point out that the Eagle is a community asset that um, was almost lost several years ago and um, the uh, Leather and LGBTQ Cultural District was set up like most cultural districts to help mitigate the effects of gentrification and protect vulnerable communities and community assets. Um, they've given their approval on this project. Um, and I think that this kind of activation helps um, protect uh, LGBTQ culture in South of Market. And so I would like to recommend that I'd like to move that we approve with staff recommendations. Second. Any comments on that before we vote? Second. Was it seconded? It was. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Gotta be fast to beat you. Good vote. I know. You and I tag team. We're on the third regular <laughs> term. We're all spent. Right? Okay. Especially like being a planning committee. President Blyman. Aye. Vice President Camino? Aye. Commissioner Fazan? Aye. Commissioner Perez? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. And uh, Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wong? Aye. All right, so it's been approved with the staff recommendations. Uh, just follow up with our staff at your earliest convenience, and uh, we can move on to the next. Thank you. Thank you. Luck. Okay. I believe I'm next. All right. Just I want to just make sure the Zoom is finished first. Okay. 
Please excuse the delay. Sorry about that. All right, good evening, commissioners. The next item on the regular agenda is for actually two permits from iZen Presents for their event called Out of Sight, Sylvester the Mighty Real. They're requesting permission to host outdoor and indoor entertainment for an extended period of time at five locations as a part of an interactive cultural walking tour celebrating the life and legacy of Sylvester in the Haight-Ashbury district. iZen Presents is requesting to host rehearsals and performances on 69 days between May 23rd of this year through October 1st of this year at various dates and times. The complete list of dates and times are in your folder in the applications. The entertainment would occur generally between 12 p.m. and 5.30 p.m. with some rehearsals taking place no earlier than 10 a.m. and no later than 7 p.m. The applicant conducted neighborhood outreach and there were no objections to this permit. You'll see in your folder the applications, the outreach materials, map of locations, and a schedule of the rehearsal and performances. We did not receive any recommendation from Park Station within the response window, and we assume they have no issues with these two permits. Um, so staff's recommending approval with um, the conditions listed in uh, the memo. And I'm going to bring in tonight um, the police response. Oh. Actually, are they in person? Oh, pardon me. Great, you in person. All right. Well, then Seth Eisen and Michael French from Eisen Presents are here to, to speak. Cool. Thank you, Dylan. My name is Seth Eisen, and I'm the artistic director of Eisen Presents. And we unearth and elevate stories of LGBTQ and QT BIPOC histories as creative placemaking work on the streets of San Francisco and various neighborhoods. And this is our director, Michael French, of our uh, upcoming show about Sylvester. Did I, hear some, did I hear that you're recommending to accept the application? Is that what was said? Yeah. I'm frightened to say yeah. anything just in case it gets in the way. <laughs> Can we just go with that? Michael, strike while the iron's hot. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go with that. That sounds good. <laughs> I will say this. I had no idea that people were that prepared to come here for the applicants. And so um, as much as we've done uh, to educate ourselves as to what needs to be done, I'm sure there are aspects of it that you're going to educate us. But... Yeah, I, I have a couple things to say. One thing is just there is, uh, I want to just correct the record that it said 69 days. It's actually 66 performances, and there are um, five of those that happen uh, each weekend. One on Friday, two on Saturday, and two on Sunday. And the permits that we're applying for are um, for a total of 30 minutes um, at those locations during, during the day. And I'll add one more thing, I'm so sorry. So the, the entire tour for the show is maybe just over an hour long. Uh, the actual scenes are gonna have amplification, as Seth said, are 30 minutes. They're at 12 o'clock and four o'clock each day. There's nothing happening in between those times. So it'd be for a total of 30 minutes, five performances, plus the rehearsals. Great, and can we show our slides, just so you can see? We put a lot of time into these slides. Well, he did. Is this a paid event? Do you pay to attend, yeah, or is this it, just like it's? It's a paid event, but it's also we're also open. It's 
the idea is that people in the public can learn about Sylvester and Sylvester's history and also to kind of experience it in the neighborhood where Sylvester lived from 1970 and then also worked there through 1988. Got it. So it's to give passersby as well an experience of it and that's why there is amplified sound um, for the singing parts. Um, audience members have headsets um, so they can hear the sound more intimately so we don't have to blast the music for them. Um, there is not, you know, all of it is within the, the realm of the allowable sound for, for the neighborhood, but it's to give them a kind of lived experience of who Sylvester was. So that's just our permit. That's the, the map of um, the route that we're taking, which goes um, on the far right from, thanks, from, <laughs> from Buena Vista Park. Um, it's it's kind of cute and pokey. <laughs> Um, and so it goes from the east side of Buena Vista Park on the far right there, which is just a set of stairs. Um, we've, we've gotten approval from the park and then also um, the neighborhood association that, that permits the park for the use of the steps on the east side. And then we walk uh, west uh, up the street to the location that we have a residency space with San Francisco Heritage. And so that location is 1506 Haight Street. And then uh, we go up to Waller and then basically come back down. We stop at 1399 Haight Street, which is right at the corner of Masonic, where we're entering into the business um, Psychedelic SF, where we're doing a scene there. We're kind of recreating a record store that existed in the Hate. Uh, and then we return to the uh, west side steps, which are the smaller stairs, where there's now um, a portable shower and stuff set up. I should also say that the capacity of the audience is only 35 people. So we, and we did it deliberately so it wouldn't be too loud. So that's just the map of all of the stops. Um, so we go to Sylvester's original house that he lived at with the Coquettes and sort of pass by these different locations. Um, there's two locations, as I mentioned, that are indoors. One's at 1506 Haight, we're um, right at Haight Nashbury. Uh, this place, we have a residency at the building there and the storefront. So we'll be, it's a pop-up museum that we've created. Audience members get to come in, but um, Passersby get to walk in all week, all week long to learn about the history of, of Sylvester. Um, and then these are just the stops so you can just see what the pictures look like. There's Michael looking very handsome up <laughs> against the pink wall that we're stopping at. And there's the steps on the left. Those are the first two stops. That is Lambert Moss, who's our undiscovered talent. He'll be playing Sylvester. That's the stairs we'll, where a famous photo of Sylvester was, uh, 946 Hate. Um, that's our storefront there at um, San Francisco Heritage's building. And that's the uh, Psychedelic SF location where we're staging the record store. And this is the, um, uh, on the right-hand side, that's the, um, the west entrance stairs to the park. And then uh, on the left, that's the Walden House little mini garden that we're stopping by. And that's the final stop there, the, um, the Western Stairs. How long is the whole show? The show itself is an hour, it's an hour and 15 minute walk. Yeah, 
And then the, the stops at the stairs are, you know, about 10 minutes long, seven to 10 minutes long. Cool. I think it's an honor for the Entertainment Commission to actually permit this event. So I really appreciate um, how we're creating this past, present, future in, in this moment and just really activating um, just this street space. And shout out to Marvin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're so honored that Marvin has yeah. written this play. So it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty, yeah. pretty amazing for us. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank yeah. you. Any more questions? Just This is one of the reasons I love being on the Entertainment Commission is to hear when people create these things and bring them in front of us and we get an opportunity to support them. Don't, have we ever permitted any kind of like a walking tour before? I don't think so. Mm. It sounds very unique. Yeah, and it I sounds fantastic, and yeah. I can't wait to Come and join sit. a tour. Yeah, we Please. couldn't support you more. Thank <laughs> Incredible you. work. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. <laughs> Thank you. And we haven't. We haven't voted yet, but <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you can have a seat. I think. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. Um, is there, let's open to public comment. I think there's one online, one second. Yes, there's one online. Um, I'm going to unmute them right now. So C. Burke, if you can hear me, please unmute yourself and you have two minutes. Uh, this should be quick. I, I, I'm curious what the amplified performance at 1399 hate might be. Um, it sounds like it's going to be short, but we get multiple, multiple events um, on that corner, and we live on the block. And it's uh, between the hate street fair and the and the other fairs and the other events at 1399 hate and love and hate. It's a pretty regular, uh, uh, you know, amplified sound that shakes our windows. Just curious, it sounds like these are short stops. Uh, if the applicants might be able to speak to that, I'd be grateful. Um, so actually public comment is not a dialogue. So I would just encourage the caller, uh, we, we can follow up with them. Um, we could also- Staff can also answer the question if yeah, you'd like. If, uh, yeah, why doesn't staff? Dylan, can you answer the public commenter? Yes, yeah, so just based on what um, I believe it was, was it Seth or, or Mr. French saying that um, each performance is no longer than, is said over an hour and a half? Is that right? 30 minutes, I believe. Okay, yes, yeah, sir. An hour and a half, sorry. Um, so, but I, if you would like to, um, uh, Seaberg, if you would like, I can. If you want to email me, I'm at dylan.rice at sfgov.org, and I'm happy to facilitate a conversation. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Any further public comment? That is all I see. Nope. No further public comment. All right. Somebody wants to motion this one, I think. Uh, I move to approve with Second. staff recommendations. <laughs> all right. Uh, we can vote. We're clearly very okay. Uh, President Blyman, aye. Vice President Camino, aye. Commissioner Falzon, aye. Commissioner Perez, aye. Commissioner Thomas, aye. Commissioner Torres, aye. And Commissioner Wong, aye. 
All right, congratulations have been approved. Uh, follow up with our staff at your earliest convenience. Thank you. M moving yeah. along. <laughs> Ready? Ready. Okay. The next permit on our regular agenda this evening is for an indoor LLP permit for Galleria Bohem, located at 2391 Mission Street. Galleria Bohem is an event space, and the applicants intend to use the LLP permit to host live classical and world music, dance performances, fashion shows, small theater productions, and poetry readings. Senior Inspector Zavrina has already set an internal sound limit in accordance with Article 29, and the limit is listed in the staff recommendations below. Please note that the business owners are currently working with the planning department to change the use of the space from retail to arts and entertainment. So in the meantime, they're operating under a temporary use authorization or TUA that only allows them to host entertainment once per month. When they complete the change of use, they'll be able to utilize the LLP permit daily until 11 p.m. The applicants conducted outreach by notifying their residential and commercial neighbors, sending out a total of 28 letters, as well as collecting 26 signatures of support. In your file, you'll also see two letters of support, one from a local artist and one from the applicant's landlord. Additionally, you'll see four letters of opposition that were submitted. Uh, none of the individuals who opposed the permit wanted to be put in direct contact with the applicant, but the applicant did review the redacted opposition and has included a written response in the file for you to review as well. In short, individuals who are opposing the permit are not seeking some type of middle ground, but would rather the permit be outright denied. SFPD Mission Station approved this permit with no added conditions. And here to speak with you this evening are co-owners Claudia and Tibor. Thank you for your time. Let me just start by saying that public speaking is not my favorite, so if I appear nervous, because I am. Um, so I'd like to first begin by introducing myself and uh, our space and what we're trying to accomplish in San Francisco. Um, I'm a local to San Francisco area. Uh, my name is Claudia Laguerre. I'm co-owner. This is Tibor, my business partner, uh, as you've established. But as I've grown up in San Francisco, I've seen such a beautiful diversity in the arts community and we would love to be able to have the opportunity to try to maintain that as we've noticed that over passing years, as prices have gone up, um, it's been a lot harder for artists to survive here in the city. So we wanna to try to bring back something of kind of older San Francisco and give an opportunity to the artists that are otherwise sidelined or don't have the opportunity of a space or home to um, you know, showcase their many diverse talents. Uh, we do have a presentation prepared here that uh, my business partner can go ahead and show of some of the previous events that we've hosted there. We've done um, a multitude of different things from showcases of live performances such as ballet, jazz music, um, classical music and dance performances as well as poetry readings and art classes. So really trying to reach out to the diversity of the community and just provide as much as we can to the Mission District. Like you did really well, Dia. Thank you so much. I'm Tibor. I'm Dia's business partner. Uh, before I start the presentation, I would just like to thank personally to every uh, the two people who actually um, directly were involved in sh uh, seeing us through this process, educating us, Caitlin and uh, Andrew, about sound limits, permits, everything. We were very new to it, and we are very eager to completely be compliant with all the rules, and that's why we are here today. So uh, I would love to play this. Um, 
this um, one minute presentation, which after I will just make about a one minute um, speech and that will sum up our part. Thank you. So my minute starts here. I will keep it under a minute. I know I have two minutes. Um, I would like to very, very briefly address. You the have as long as you want. Sorry. You're an yeah, applicant. it's just public comment. Yeah, it's just okay. public comment. So talk. you don't have to rush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, just very briefly address the um, minor brief incident before the hearing. Uh, we do have a valid restraining order against somebody here, which will be heard on the 30th. It's a separate hearing. It's um, it we will pursue accordingly, and we have the witnesses here to testify there, or, you know, whatever he chooses to um, uh, present today. And that's where I'm going to leave it. He's a drummer who lives upstairs, and um, he's an amateur drummer who plays. And um, we will address the landlord will address these issues. I would love to focus on what we do do when we don't um, um, deal with these minor problems. Our mission, belief and role as an art salon. We are not a club, we are not a bar, we are not a, a rave. What we are is a backdrop for basically a disappearing um, arts community, the fine arts community. Our performers are usually advanced ballet students, Alonzo Lines, or as a ballet, the conservatory, San Francisco Conservatory, and um, these, are, these were actually my photographs that I had the honor of taking of them. Um, and um, I think it's absolutely necessary that we exist. Now, of course, dance needs music, and that's why we are here. We need live music, and we need proper permits. As Caitlin described, we are going through the due process. We are not going to ignore anything. We won't have any 
uh, stone unturned, and we will comply with whatever necessary to obtain all the licenses. The police has been out 22 times due to that issue that we, we discussed before. That's why we have the restraining order. They were all dismissed. We want to operate, and we need your help. Now, the very existence of this venue, the, what, you, what we presented, it should explain clearly that our um, interference with noise complaint should not be. Uh, we had your representative out there. Uh, the bus stop is right in front of our window. We could not play the music loud enough for it to break the rules. We have no intentions of doing that. A string quartet or a classical piano or even a jazz band will not up upset anybody. I would like to also point out we are on 20th admission by the bus stop next to a liquor store, next to Bruno's bar, and unfortunately a block away from open prostitution. We are, we are what this area needs. And these are not my words, these are our patrons' words. The, our very existence is one of your um, members used the community asset. I really believe that we are a community asset. We need uh, the co uh, this committee's help to operate properly so we can create enough income to pay our dancers, pay our musicians, and to basically, um, again, I'm using our, um, our patrons' words, put back San Francisco how it used to be. So we cannot thank you again enough. We feel that our goodwill cannot be challenged. We are eager to listen to any recommendations how to improve or uh, comply with uh, anything that we haven't. And um, I want to, again, um, just thank everybody here for listening and giving us the opportunity. We will remain compliant with all the permits, including alcohol, et cetera. Thank you so much. Questions? All right, um, you can have a seat. Is there any discussion we want to have before we start public comment? All right, uh, we will open up public comment on this agenda item. And uh, just please note, uh, it's two minutes per person. Thank you. Thank you, commissioners. Good evening. Um, I oppose granting this LLP permit to the current tenants of 2391 Mission Street. I live directly upstairs and have for over 10 years. This building was built in 1895 and has absolutely no soundproofing between the residential units and the downstairs commercial units. There's a floorboard, some air, and a piece of tin between any live music and my entire apartment. Um, any loud sounds from the downstairs tenants are audible and create a nuisance and disturbance in every room of the upstairs units during events. Since they have moved in, their events have been a nuisance to the residents and the people trying to use the sidewalk and bus stop. This is why the Entertainment Commission has received multiple complaints about, from many people about these issues. Um, 311 and SFPD have been called multiple times during permitted and unpermitted events by neighbors and passerbys. Their events have left trash, urine, and drunk people blocking our door and the bus stop and sidewalk. It is not a safe space for public or private events. Um, have any inspections of the space been done? It seems dangerous to have gatherings in a place with only one exit. Uh, the noise from uh, the gypsy jazz and et cetera, causes our floor and walls to shake and vibrate during their events, and it's frankly unbearable. In addition, I believe they are not eligible for this permit for the following reasons. Entertainment is the only use for this business. It's not a secondary use as appropriate to an LLP. They have routinely gone much later than 10 or 11 p.m. in their events. 
and the entire ground floor is the performance area, which is much larger than 200 square feet. Um, as far as I know, no other department in SF has signed off on any permits or change of use, et cetera. Um, it's been a retail space for the past 25 plus years. And they have made no outreach to us, their closest neighbors, until I got served today on the way in in an attempt to keep me from speaking here. Um, you should have in front of you multiple letters of opposition from me and other neighbors regarding this permit. Thank you. Uh, thank you for your consideration. Thanks. Hello everybody again, I'm Casey. I have seen the founders of this gallery do tremendous, uh, uh, they are benefactor of the artist community. They are unique because they are artists themselves and understand the pain and anguish which uh, emerging artists go through. But that is very proven. I have not come to talk about that. That's given, their reputation is extremely strong. Uh, I, as an affiliate of State of California's Governor's Office of Economic Development, we are always on the lookout to boost jobs, employment, economic impact, and innovation in the city. We all know that there's been a flight of capital, but recently, uh, Europe's biggest software company has come into San Francisco, and I think others are waiting in the wings. And the big picture of art and culture is that is the mother of innovation. And uh, for uh, La Bohem, uh, when it, it flourishes, it will create a eco vibrant ecosystem which will uplift jobs and property values and everything. It will create a virtuous cycle which will all uplift one another and the community. Thank you. Anybody? President Blunt, oh, we have one more in person. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Hey, good evening. I'm, a, I'm an immediate neighbor. I live caddy corner um, to Gallery Bohem. I wanted to speak to what I've seen as being um, a change in the neighborhood as a result. The, the neighborhood tends to be loud already. And it's, it's, it's quite a bit of um, simply bars, restaurants. There's not a lot of um, cultural diversity in what can be observed in the neighborhood. There's not, a, there's not as much in the way of um, uh, venues for art, if you will. Expressive art, um, poetry, things like that, different types of music. Um, I've personally witnessed um, a quiet and respectful sort of practice demeanor while they were, um, as they've been putting together the venue, uh, the number of events that they have had, I had immediate um, privy to as I live right across the street. Uh, I've ever observed the guests being um, respectful of the neighborhood. I haven't seen garbage distributed anywhere. I haven't witnessed people become um, belligerent from any substance use or in general. Um, and I haven't heard any noise from the street. 
uh, including from the sidewalk, including when I walk by and I walk my dog. So it's, um, it's, a, it's a type of venue that doesn't really have much representation otherwise in the immediate neighborhood, and I think that's really worth noting. Um, I think it's worth noting that it's become an increasingly difficult environment in, in the mission in San Francisco in general, it seems to me, um, for small businesses to exist, especially something that's very grassroots, it's very startup. So as a, as a neighbor, oh, your friend. as in, time's up. Okay. Time's up. Thank, Thank you. Can you please fill out a speaker card, sir? Oh, can you fill out a speaker card for us, the gentleman who just spoke? Yeah, we just keep track of it. <clears throat> Good evening, okay. President Blyman and commissioners. I'm Steve Carp. I'm co-owner of 2391 Mission Street, and I'm here to speak in favor of Gallery Bohem's application for a, an entertainment permit. My family has a long and deep connection to the Mission District. Both of my parents were born and raised in San Francisco, as were all of their children and grandchildren. My father grew up around the corner on Cap Street, just behind our property. As we all know, the Mission is one of the oldest and mo most vibrant neighborhoods in San Francisco. As people have said earlier tonight, it's a place where people from all walks of life come together to celebrate the city's diversity. It's also a place where the arts and music have always been a fabric of the community. This property in particular has its own history. It was built at the turn of the century and has been home to a variety of businesses over the years, including Mission Villa and Johnson's Tamale, where regularly they had live music. Foreign cinema started at Bruno's, which used to be part of this property. The most recent tenant before Cafe, uh, foreign, uh, before Cafe Bohem was Carousel, which regularly had events and parties similar to what Galleria Bohem is, is proposing. From the art scene that began in the 1960s to the numerous festivals, parades, and fairs that take place in the marina, in the mission, it's always been a hub for creativity and exp expression. You've got the carnival that's coming up. It's a 45-year tradition in San Francisco. Governor Newsom and Mayor Breed have been outspoken with the problems that are happening in San Francisco. And here you have an experienced operator that, that is trying to do the, the right thing. I'm running out of time. I, I'm in a dilemma, and it's unfortunate, because I have two tenants that are trying to live and, and, and be in the same place. The tenant that said it's noisy, I offered to put wall-to-wall -wall carpeting in his unit to try to stimulate some of the, the noise. Actually, um I, Thank you. I, I appreciate that, your time, and I support you. Can let him. I just wanted to hear the because he is the landlord. I just wanted to hear the, the end of that. Thank you. Yeah. Not to be unfair, but he had ten seconds left. So. Any, anybody else in person? Okay, we're going to move now to online comments. We got one more in person. President oh, Blyman. Oh, we have one more. Hold on. Sorry. Oh, one more. All right. Sorry about that. One sorry. More. Sorry, all Dylan. All right. No sorry, sorry for that last. My name is Stefano Costolano. I am a registered lobbyist in the city. Um, neither party is my client. I just have a question to you is everything generally starts with planning, okay? And maybe a letter of determination to the zoning administrator to 
to maybe get some insight on the zoning. I'm wondering if the the zoning is not approved yet. I'm concerned that maybe to continue this until the till there's a if if there is a use permit that is required that that get gets established first, and then you come back and look at the limited live version of what we're talking about. I just I'm just a little confused about because it said the applicant said that it was a retail use and now they want to change it to an arts. So do they do they have to go before the planning commission? I mean I don't know, but I, I don't want to like get the cart before the horse here. So I think this is something you guys should talk about or maybe get an opinion from the city attorney before this, you know, we get, we approve something possibly today and then later, you know, it, it gets stuck in planning, you know? So I've just, just kind of pause for a minute and figure this out. Could our staff address that? Absolutely. So right now the use is uh, retail. The applicants understand that they have to file a building permit with the planning department that goes through DBI to change the use to arts and entertainment. It will be general entertainment. They are not seeking nighttime entertainment, which would be a POE. This is just to change the use to be allowed to have uh, an LLP, which is an accessory use permit. It does not have to go before the planning commission. It's an over-the-counter process. Um, my understanding is they have not yet started that process. In the meantime, they've been off authorized to operate under a temporary use authorization, the TUA, and they are not to exceed more than one event with entertainment per month until the change of use is approved by the planning department. So in your file is an approval from the planning department to operate the LLP under the TUA, not to exceed one time per month with entertainment. But then just to clarify, once the change of use goes through, it would not require the applicant to come back to hearing. It would just be approved for the regular LLP usage of daily until 11 p.m. unless you otherwise condition it. Thank you for that clarity. Um, I feel very comfortable with proceeding and I think we have a real paucity of these kinds of spaces in the city. Uh, my wife is a, a former professional ba professional ballet dancer. I very much think we need spaces to showcase it. Sin, we haven't finished public comment oh. yet. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. That was her public comment. Oh, my yeah, public that was comment. That public, public comment. comment. Okay. Yeah. I love it. You got to go to that microphone. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I thought we concluded. We got we got a couple more in the in the oh. Zoom lineup. Um, anybody great. else in the room? Going once. Okay, one more. One more person. I just wanted to commend the uh, project sponsors. I'm Philip Lesser, fourth generation to do business on Mission Street. We're still doing business on Mission Street four-time past president of the Mission Merchants Association. You're going to see another past president later, Peter Glickstern. We have the current president, Ryan Mozek. He'll be appearing before you. So you have a lot of knowledge about uh, the mission. Uh, probably none older than me, though. So I'm going to share with you a little history. Uh, when we had the glass shop on 24th and Mission, where the Bank of the West is right now, a um, man came in and said he wanted to change the restaurant in the middle of the block into a operatic restaurant. And my mother said, how in the world is that going to exist on Mission Street? This is back in the mid 70s. And he said, well, you're selling these beautiful custom frames. How can you sell that here? And why can't I have a beautiful operatic setting middle of the block? La Traviata restaurant, still there today, 2023. 
set up by an uh, Albanian uh, refugee who walked out of Albania into Italy, and the very first opera he heard there was La Traviata. We're going to hear similar stories in the future about this group here. Thank you very much. All right. Anybody else? <laughs> okay, Zoom. We can do Zoom. Okay, we're going to move on to Zoom now, Dylan, I promise. Okay. All right, so I'm going to bring in uh, Trixie Carr. Uh, Trixie, if you can hear us, please unmute yourself. You have can two you minutes. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Thank you for listening to me today. I appreciate you all for being here. I am a low-income drag performer. Nobody understands how much artists need to get paid like I do. And also, I appreciate that we want more arts on Mission Street, but it should be in valid entertainment venues that have soundproofing. I live above this place, and they have never contacted me since they moved in. The noise from all of their events goes through every single, like, space in the house from the back of the house to the front of the house there's absolutely no escape the walls vibrate the floors vibrate the glass in our windows vibrates i am telling you this is not an event space and the landlord has done nothing to make this an event space you'll notice that the landlord is here today that is because we are rent controlled residential tenants of mission street who are always forgotten to the businesses nobody remembers that people live on mission street and we have complained i have complained to 311 i have have complained to SFPD. The person you saw before you earlier with the dreads, that is not the only person who has complained. Am I going to get slapped with a restraining order for validly complaining to you know, government agencies. I believe Galleria Bohem is attempting to manipulate the Entertainment Commission to get permits when it has not done the work to make this a viable space to the residents and the neighbors. The city of San Francisco, the courts are being manipulated. The fact that they are overly prepared with lawyers and the landlord here today tells you something about them. I want them to be successful, but not underneath a residence where people are living and being affected by every single event. I beg of you to deny this permit. We have done legitimate complaints and they have not been heard. We have legitimately complained to the landlord, but since he is getting paid by them, he does not want to admit that there is a problem. I am challenging the goodwill of Galleria Bohem right now because they have never attempted to write a letter to me because they have never attempted to speak to me as their direct neighbor. I am also telling you that the Trixie. noise levels always exceed. Trixie, thank you so yeah. much. That was your two minutes. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Trixie. Um, all right, we got one more. This is a phone caller. Number ending in 82. Um, caller, if you can hear, please um, unmute yourself. Hi, um, I am. Please, please state, state your name and you have two minutes. Hi, my name is David, um, and I've been running a performing arts space uh, in San Francisco for 10 years. And we have a short but um, rather unfortunate history with working with uh, Tibor Sabo and his galleries before. We also are aware of a number of people who have had incredibly uh, financially devastating interactions with this man, and he utilizes the court system and defamation lawsuits in order to silence people about talking about his business practices. Um, so these are all public record, and if I had known about this meeting earlier, I would have brought all these public records in. Um, but I was out of town. So there is 
something close to $300,000 in uh, charges against him for fraudulent practices. He was running an event space up in North Beach called the Foreign Lens, um, where he has manipulated people to take over that space. And he has $5,000 in judgments against him of unpaid rent, back fees, and materials that he kept from this place. Um, other than the noise complaint or the issue with, um, how to say, it, uh, his, his actual practices or selling the business as running a legitimate speakeasy, selling alcohol illegally, he is driving legitimate business away from other San Francisco businesses in the mission that pay their taxes, that like work to have legitimate permits to build their spaces up properly. He's trying to sell a story of this San Francisco underground, like underdog, gonna make it just a little bit of help type story. And people buy it because they believe in San Francisco and they want it to happen. This man is a con man and he manipulates people. And I know this sounds very, very dramatic. There are dozens of people that have restraining orders against them, that have lawsuits against them, that he utilizes to make low income artists. David, I'm talk sorry, about it. your two minutes are up. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any more online public comment? There's none. Oh. Oh, wait, we just more. got one. There's got one more. Okay, whoops, quick, okay. Mike, okay, Michael Nolte. Michael, if you can hear us, please unmute yourself. You have two minutes. Yes, um, I wasn't gonna speak to this issue, but obviously I'm hearing a, a lot of uh, interesting information about this permit. Um, I would suggest a continuance until all the information is gathered by the uh, the staff. If, the, if some of the stuff that's being said is true, if there is actually a problem with noise, uh, the neighbors have the right to uh, quiet enjoyment of their property. If there's problems with litigation, I don't see why we should be rewarding a, uh, um, a, a business owner with uh, um, if, they, if he's not going to be if there's problems there too. Um, I would assume p permits are given to people that uh, have that um, know how to follow rules. So I, I, I'm hearing a lot of issues. I don't know how much of it is true and how much is not, but I think um, it will be wise to do a, a continuance for the staff to investigate uh, and so that the caller who called in previous to me um, can submit that information to the commission for uh, consideration too. Thank you. Thank you. Any more public comment online? Um, there is none. Okay. All public right. comment. Close public comment. Yeah. Who wants to start? Can I um, ask a question of staff? So I would like to understand the sound testing we did. Sure. Interior sound limit was set in accordance with Article 29. Take the ambient sound limit measurement from the property plane just as we do with all other businesses and the internal sound limit does not exceed the outside ambient sound by more than eight decibels inspectors arena can speak to that it's actually nowhere near exceeding ambient by eight decibels just simply because that didn't align with the programming of the operators and they never even got that high did, end volume did we do any testing upstairs in these residential units 
I'm just asking. I got to know. Thoughts, anyone? So with, with a hypothetical, if this license was issued and the upstairs tenant started making complaints, would we not go upstairs and take measurements? I feel like we've done that many times in the past. That's for staff, I think. It was a that was correct. That, that was, was a hypothetical question. Well, it was a hypothetical. In, yeah, it I was certainly wasn't talking to myself, <laughs> although I've been known to do that. Uh, that was to staff. We have done that in the past. Um, <clears throat> it gets tricky with how code is written and what our actual rules are in code because code is not written for us to take sound measurements in upstairs sound in upstairs units residential or in residential units so it does get into a gray area I mean of course the reality is that yes we have done that in the past with unique cases um, but it's not our general practice to go into residential units to take sound measurements so would it be fair to say that that falls under the purview of the planning department when they do their process? I mean, I guess what I'm trying to understand is it certainly isn't foreign to this um, commission to uh, have an expectation that businesses are soundproofed. So what body is looking at that? I don't know. Do, are, do you have a suggestion to amend code? <laughs> no, I just know it's been something we've certainly discussed time and again. So I, I'm just trying to. I mean, usually, up. so usually these things are, are solved through mediation mm -hmm. and through neighbors connecting with the business owner. So maybe that's more of the discussion of being able to actually connect parties that are at this point unwilling to connect. No, it's not that. I'm just trying to recall an incident where we've had a, what appears to be a pre-1906 building that, I think all parties are agreeing has no soundproofing whatsoever and an entertainment permit's gone in. I think the distinction here too is it's, there's a difference between setting a sound limit based on the sound in, in neighboring apartments and doing mitigation strategies to reduce sound in, in neighboring apartments. So we set our sound limit based on the code. Mm -hmm. That doesn't change, but we have occasionally in, in the process of mediation encouraged and required things like soundproofing and moving of speakers and right, adjusting. Right. So I think there's a, there's, there's a yeah. little bit of a distinction there to make. Yeah, it, and you, that you usually is both. drawn out of um, the fact that the business is unable to comply with Article 29. That's usually the, sta the starting Maybe that's point. The nuance here is it's coming into compliance and usually it doesn't when these scenarios exist. Okay. Usually, yeah. I mean, one idea is we do have the landlord. Mm -hmm. You might ask, you know, I, I could ask him to come up if you want, and we can ask some questions about if there's. Why don't you, uh, for the landlord, because we, we do have some questions. Sorry, I was talking about you in front of you there. That's a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it does seem like there are some um, issues that some neighbors feel are coming from this this area into their units, and I'm wondering if, and you you kind of got cut off when you were talking about it before, but are there any like helpful ideas as that you have or that things you'd be willing to do? And I, you're not on, I don't want to get you over your skis here, but 
just wanted to hear kind of if. Thank you. Yeah. So early on, we, we, we had received some complaints from the, the gentleman Mr. from Conan who spoke earlier. Mm -hmm. And the, the first thing that I did was I offered him wall-to-wall um, -wall carpet. Mm -hmm. And he turned us down. I, he, 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 it's a three-story building, two stories. Uh, second and third floor is residential. And the ground floor is the, what we're talking about. So he's right above it. Yeah. And I believe that the living room in front the front room that looks out into Mission, we put wall-to-wall -wall carpet in his unit years ago. And I offered him very recently to put wall-to-wall -wall carpet in the entire unit mm. over the hardwood floors with pad. And, and I think that that would be um, a, a possible solution. I can't guarantee it, but I offered it and it, and it was not something he was interested in at all. Yeah. If, if you had some suggestions, um, I, I would be willing to, to listen and see how I could make it happen. Got it. And so I don't want to, um, I know you, you're probably thinking, wait, I want to say something, right? So th this is not the venue for that, right? So this would all have to occur in, in during a mediation process. I just wanted kind of your thoughts, and it does sound like you're willing to play ball of course. In, to, to a degree in order As to... As I tried to say when I, when I, when I was talking, uh, it, it's unfortunate. I have two tenants, and, and they don't get along, and, and they both want me to, to be the, the police guard. Excuse me, Lieutenant. That's okay. Um, we take shots at me all night. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> so I, I don't have a whistle. I don't carry a gun. But I, but I want my tenants to get along. And I, uh, sure. it is tough out there, as we all know. So yes, I want to support both of my tenants. Uh, the, the, the person that called in over the phone, I just want to say, um, I don't know who that is. I've never met her. I've never spoke to her. Conan is the master tenant. I've never received any other note from anyone in the building except from Mr. Madison. Got it. Thank you. Thank you for your a, Oh, any more questions for him while he's here? Okay. Sorry. Um, thank you. Time. I'm just thinking about how to creatively kind of approach this or effectively approach this. Because so I do own a bar on that block, um, and I have seen firsthand how specifically Mission Street has become a really rough place to do business in the city of San Francisco. Totally agree. Uh, Somehow Valencia did fine, but um, <laughs> mission not so much. Um, so you know, I you know I do have a um, you know I have a personal um, not because of my business there, but I have a personal goal in general for to help small businesses and to help arts and and the community thrive. And so you know, to me, it would be a real shame to kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, however, you know if. You know, having gone through this before, you know, I've had tenants that live directly above me, and it's it's a hard, it's a hard nut to crack because, um, <clears throat> you know, you can't always solve all of the issues if you have a bedroom directly above your space. Um, however, we are San Francisco, where so 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 many bedrooms are directly above spaces in the city of San Francisco. It's incredibly common here, uh, even more than many many major cities. Um, so, you know, I'm just trying to balance these things together. Can the space be soundproof within its own space instead of having to go to the neighbor next door? Yeah, so soundproofing is interesting. So the, the um, you know, I've gone down that road, and my experience is that, you know, it's a, it's a catch-all term for all different sort of sound mitigation strategies. Um, you know, in order to create a recording studio, it's, it's usually oppressively uh, out of reach expensive. So... I only know a couple even clubs in the city who have been able to completely kind of black box their 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 units, but there are you know there's sound absorbing boards, there's sound padding, and everything works to a point, but it doesn't always solve every single issue that you have, you know, in my experience. 
If I can just make a comment, because there is a factor when it comes to our permit that it can cut both ways. And I think what the applicant needs to understand is by getting permitted is wonderful. Conversely, you're now going to be drawn into every time you get a complaint and you're going to be coming before us and we're going to be seeking remedy. So my earlier comments were just simply to allude to the fact that I, if what we are hearing tonight is um, factual, um, we're just kicking the can. So um, I just think that's worthy of consideration. Because often what we explain to the community is there's value in us licensing someone because it now gives us a lot more control over them. So if we start getting tons of complaints, our inspectors are then going out there, they're taking out their sound equipment, and then it goes from there. So I just, um, sometimes we have absolutely wonderful business models, but they just don't necessarily pick the best site. And I've, I've seen that over the decades. And that, that's painful, because it sounds like this is a really interesting business model um, that's getting traction. I have a question for staff, um, dovetailing off of what Commissioner Falson just shared. Um, do we have any um, history with this applicant with other um, permits that they've applied for that would indicate good faith or an ability? The applicant has pulled out uh, one-time event permits for foreign lens up in North Beach. Um, there was also a recent incident where we responded to a 311 complaint and there was an unpermitted event that the applicant was actually the event organizer and we did follow up with them just in writing that it was a one-time event so it wasn't ongoing, it wasn't at a brick and mortar location. Um, but we were told that the applicant was the event producer for that one-time event. I will say also as far as compliance goes, Galleria Bohem has been operating under one-time event permits at this location um, and they have, to our understanding, gotten the right permits for all the events that they've thrown. We have responded to numerous 311 complaints at the site and we only found them out of compliance on the very first time that they had an event permit and it was really an educational moment which we take with all of our permit holders and since then have not witnessed any future violations. I mean, I think your comments were spot on, Commissioner Falzon, in that, you know, once you get into our system, then you're a part of our system. And, you know, this to me feels like one of those permits that is, we're probably not gonna hear the end of um, if we were to approve it. Um, but that's kind of our job, right? Is to act as the, the mediating force. It's our job to try to find um, common ground and to help people who are not seeing eye to eye to find common ground. And so, you know, in, to me, in the spirit of, you know, supporting entertainment and supporting the arts, which is in our charter, and also in the spirit of, you know, mitigating issues between that, that entertainment and arts cause to, to people trying to have quiet enjoyment that, you know, it's, it's kind of, I feel it's kind of our duty to move forward with this and then I immediately hand it over to the staff to, 
to handle. But but joking aside, I think you know I th I think we do have a responsibility to move things like this forward and then find come around. I d I don't think based on the code as it is that we have you know any sort of reason to not approve it, knowing full well that the code is imperfect and that we're going to have to we're going to have to help mediate this going forward. That's what I think. And if I could just add to your point, I, I'm not sure it's fair to use a crystal ball either. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I didn't mean to, to. No, not you. I'm referring to my comment. I'm putting myself back in check. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hopefully we, we never hear from it again. But, but, you know. And they're only doing one day a month. So this will be in the hands of planning for a period of time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, in that case, I will motion to approve with staff recommendations. Is there a second? Seconded. And we've done public comment. Okay, time to vote. Uh, President Blyman. Aye. Uh, Vice President Camino. Aye. Commissioner Falzon. No. Okie dokie. Um, Commissioner Perez. Aye. Commissioner Thomas. Aye. Commissioner Torres. No. And Commissioner Wong. Aye. Okay. All right. Moving on. A few more on the docket tonight, everyone. Does anybody have any sugar? Dory needs sugar. Something, a Tic Tac. <laughs> Snickers bar. Oh, Gummy bears. Here we go. Pocky time. Pocky attack. There All we right. go. I thought those were red hots. That is like exactly what you need. Excuse me. Sorry. Hero. <laughs> okay. Democracy. We're going to keep moving. Okay. Next item. The next permit on our regular agenda tonight is for an outdoor LLP permit for the city station located at 701 Valencia Street. The city station is an outdoor parking lot on the corner of 18th and Valencia Street that has been converted into a space for food trucks and vendors. The space has held a jam permit since the program started in 2020, and they are now seeking an LLP permit to continue hosting outdoor amplified sound as well as entertainment a few times per month. The programming for this location is ambient amplified sound playing from a small Bluetooth speaker when vendors are on site, as well as a few events with live entertainment such as a DJ per month. In the staff recommendations below, you'll see that we have defined special events as an event that has entertainment for up to six hours per day between the hours of 11 a.m. and 10 p.m., and the applicant is seeking the ability to host these up to eight times per month. This number is consistent with the TUA that planning approved. Additionally, they'd like to continue hosting amplified sound daily between the hours of 9 a.m. and 10 p.m., so as not to exceed six hours daily. The amplified sound uses only a small Bluetooth speaker and is not to exceed ambient sound at a distance of 50 feet from the property plane. Additionally, EC staff have already set an outdoor special event sound limit so as not to exceed ambient sound at a distance of 100 feet from the property plane. I want to make you aware that we did have some enforcement history at this premises back in 2021, and the permit holder, Ryan, worked closely with our office and the neighbors to mitigate the problems. We did not receive any sound complaints in all of 2022, and just recently in 2023, I had a neighbor reach out to me about the sound. As for outreach, the applicant sent out letters to over 180 by nearby 180 nearby residences and nine neighboring businesses. We received two letters of support. That number has now gone up to four or five since I wrote this memo and nine letters of opposition, two of which are from the same person. 
that number has also increased to 11 since I wrote this memo. The applicant was connected with two of the five folks who submitted opposition and the rest declined the offer. In short, the opposition submitted was the, once the permit uh, denied outright, except one person who suggested they be limited to hosting entertainment once per quarter and that no amplified sound should occur during the week at all. Unfortunately, the applicant felt this suggestion was too limiting for their desired business model. On Sunday, May 14th, Inspector Zelenak visited the city station during one of their live entertainment events and observed them to be operating just slightly above their approved sea limit, which she was able to rectify with the on-site manager right away. SFPD Mission Station did not have any added conditions, and here to speak to you tonight is the owner, Ryan Motzik, accompanied by Phil Lesser. I'll do my best to make this brief to spare you of uh, any more sugar usage. Um, <laughs> so I, I, did, I did email some images over. right now. Okay, that would be great. You can keep talking while I'm just... All right, well... And then I'll set it up for all you. All right. I'm not the best at typing, talking and typing. Hold on, <laughs> no so. worries. Um, it's M-A-Y? Okay. Right, all right, well... <laughs> Did you send me through the <laughs> No. Um, I'm, I'm, I made this thing. Oh my Um, maybe I'll just speak until the images pop up just to say, spare everyone time. Um, long story short, uh, I have been using this space since, two, or since 2003. Um, I've been leasing it as, I leased it as a parking lot. We did valley parking for nearby restaurants, blah, blah, blah. I was in school as a college student at the time and I used it as a way to pay my way through school and pay off student loans. I made myself a promise once my student loans are paid off, I wanna offer this space as a community space because of its amazing location. Uh, ben touched earlier on like the Valencia versus Mission thing, and it's real. The, the Valencia thing is real, and, it, and I witnessed it firsthand where the building across where a lot of the complaints came from was a gas station. Dandelion Chocolate was an auto mechanic. I'm not trying to make an anti-gentrification speech here. It's more about the history of the space and watching how things have gone up and down in a certain way. The whole purpose of this space was to give an opportunity to 
those that might not be able to open up a restaurant on Valencia Street and pay 12 can rent or a retail space or whatever. Um, it, it, it was, it's meant to be a place where uh, we have affordable opportunities and give, an, give a good creative outlet to the community. Um, I wanna share a couple images um, of events that we had where if we did not have music, it wouldn't have been possible. Um, so this was um, uh, an opening ceremony for an event we had, and I think it was in 2021. Um, this was uh, for Balka, where we had mariachi band playing. Uh, this, this was an event that we um, called, it's called Community First, it's where we um, had a DJ, played music, uh, DJ, we gave away 150 pairs of shoes, uh, had a uh, vegan hood chefs and Senor Sisig there, five, I think, yeah, it was about 5K per truck, we got Adidas to sponsor to feed anybody who wanted to pop in, um, and we gave 150 t-shirts away. Um, Again, the, the wrap-up of our event and those that were involved with the event, the City Eats, um, All in SF, Senor CSIG, Lower Outer Council, et cetera. Um, this was uh, at the grand opening event for Huff down the street. Um, wanted to show a family-friendly vibe, so here you go. And this was uh, an event where we call, it's called the Summer Give Back. Every summer, we assemble uh, 75 to 100 complete skateboards, give them away for free to, and work with nonprofits. Um, and we have meals with every, every uh, skateboard as well as a free pair of shoes. And I think, oh yeah, and this is, this is a video for a um, Stop Asian Hate event that we had. And, Um, based out of San Francisco. Uh, you know, we're glad to be out here and support our Asian communities, stop Asian hate. It really brought out like a little bit of everybody, you know. We made sure that we had a place for people to gather, break bread, and actually be in community together. So it really is amazing to see everybody out here. Also, this is awesome that we see all kinds of nationalities here supporting the same cause. Um, all right, so some further history. Um, I'm a Barry born and raised, been living in the city for 22 years. Um, I'm also the president of the Mission District Merchants Association. I'm all about seeing businesses thrive. Um, huge in a small business. And this space has been, it's exceeding my expectations of what it's been able to do for the community. Um, and then, uh, let's see here. I do pride myself in being extremely communicative. I'm an over-communicator. Someone calls me, I call them right back. If someone e emails me, I email them right back. I have responded to every single email I've received unless it's gone to my spam folder, and I respond to every text and phone call I get. Um, I do believe strongly that our project is very much in line with the characteristics of the Mission District neighborhood. And um, I, wanna, I wanna talk about some of the stuff that I've heard from a really small opposition. Um, we have events that go past 
uh, I go hours past our permitted, permitted time regularly? No, never happened. People have moved out of the neighborhood specifically because of our project. Our regular vendors operate illegally and unpermitted. It's not true, I don't even know how that came about. Um, our events, our concerts, no they're not. The worst statement, and it's in writing, uh, our patrons are thuggy. All right, um, now I wanna jump into big facts. Um, in this entire year of 2023, we only had four events where there was actually like live music and a DJ, four, in all of 2023. We have not had a complaint since November of 2021. Zero complaints of 2022, as it was stated earlier. No interactions with SFPD ever. They have confirmed that they have zero complaints on file. If I'm gonna move out of the neighborhood, I'm probably gonna reach out to SFPD and find out what the, is going on down the street because I'm about to move out. Um, I also wanna reach out to those that have reached out, uh, speak about those that have reached out to me, three people. One has completely stopped, the other has been extremely persistent and then the other reach out to me like once or twice. It's been close to zero and it's been very frequent by one and that's it. And um, that's all I gotta say. I hope you guys approve this project for sound, it's important to the community, it's important to the space. Thank you. Thank you. Any questions for him before we do public comment? All, All right, right, let's open I, it. Oh, please, yeah, please. Um, I was wondering if you've um, outreached or developed any relationships with American Indian Cultural District. Or Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, uh, I work very closely with both. Uh, I think it started because I was the, I'm the president of the Mission Merchants Association. Um, I work very closely with the American Indian Cultural District. Uh, we actually have um, their logo, or not their logo, we did design for them and did a mural on, along our bordering wall. Um, we've done a lot of, I mean, a lot. I don't know if we've done any events with Cayo Vente Cuatro, but I mean, we work closely with them. Um, a lot of the events that, we, that you've seen have somehow, somehow tied in with them. Um, but American Indian Cultural District more so because it's like right on their, I mean, it's their border, and uh, we've provided um, supplies for their events. I've helped line up events for them at other places, and we're working with them on doing an event at the space, so. I, I would like to say that, I mean, activations of spaces like this specifically for this use are important, and one of the reasons why they are important is it helps sustain vulnerable communities. So I would uh, encourage, I, I'm glad to hear of your relationship with American Indian Cultural District because this is in their footprint, but I'd also would encourage you to reach out to see if you can collaborate more with Calle 24 as well. For sure. All right, any more questions? All right, you can have a seat. Um, let's have public comment. Anybody in the room? Yes. Hi. Um, my name is Amisha Doles and I run Botanic Panic, which is a plant truck out of a van that operates at City Station. Just for reference, I bought, brought my speaker. <laughs> this is what normally is playing music um, when I'm there with um, another vendor who does vintage. We're kind of the main people there, literally playing like beach house and like really mellow um, background tunes. If anybody comes to buy plants from me, like I cannot stop talking, so I don't want anything to drown me out. Um, I can't imagine that anybody can hear the speaker. I mean, I'm probably they could probably hear me more because I'm babbling about plant care. Um, anyways, <laughs> sorry, I'm a cough. Um, but just real short, like I've lived in San Francisco for 22 years, 
most of that time has been in the mission. Um, I chose the mission district as my neighborhood because of how vibrant it is and how many kinds of people um, live and have businesses in the mission. Um, definitely see Valencia Street change and feel really lucky to be on that corner, kind of the last bastion of funky Valencia Street. Um, I went to school at a college that is now the chapel, different times on Valencia. Um, I'll just say like having a business there and having the events we have with live music um, is such a benefit to the neighborhood and to me and such a good background, um, you know, for what we're bringing to the neighborhood. Um, definitely surrounded by other small business owners that would never be able to be where we are on 18th of Valencia. Like, what is a better spot than that? Um, none of us could afford the regular rent, so we're stoked to be there. And um, yeah, having music and events is so important to what we're doing. And I really hope you approve us. Thanks so much. Thank you. Any more people in the audience? Hello, good evening. Um, my name is Maddie Lois, and I'm a community organizer, both in the Tenderloin, but also born and raised in the Mission Excelsior. Um, I wanna comment that, so I was, I've started organizing with Ryan last year. I run a monthly market at the space. I run every third Sundays, and I have since May of last year. Um, I also use music, just as, so I will say, if you know Valencia Street at all, you know that music is in the mission at all, you know that music is a large part of just the neighborhood and the ambiance, but also many, many businesses that are not just public parking lots that are used for multi-purpose. Um, myself, as you know, a black woman organizer, born and raised in the city, I've been able to support over 50 small businesses in collaboration during my monthly markets. Um, I have individuals that are individual artisans, as well as musicians, as well as painters, and small vintage sellers, or people who are trying to clean out their closets on a monthly basis. Um, and we need a little music to like help us along. Um, yeah, and so I think not only like the impact it's had on me as a community organizer, but also like the ripple effect, like including the people that I work with is really important. Um, you know, I had DJs at some of my events, and then I also use mutual Bluetooth speakers. Um, you know, you can look just across the street at the pizzeria across the street and on their patio, they have music. You know, music is a really important part of how we live and how we create ambiances, how we make ourselves comfortable. So. I just wanna you know, add to the support that music is important for the events we curate um, and the success for not only individual businesses and organizers like Ryan, but then myself, and let's say the 50 plus people that I've worked with over the last year. Um, so thanks. Thank you. Good evening, commissioners. My name is Stefano Costolato and in the past, I did work on some consulting for this space. I'm just delighted that the space has been sustainable through the efforts of Ryan. I will just say this. I know him uh, professionally. I know him as a friend. He's a stand-up guy. Uh, he is very, very sensitive to the community's needs. Um, I'm proud that I'm a San Franciscan, and I'm proud to, that I've been able to spend a lot of time in the mission we go there for our food, we go over there for our music, we go there for the cultura. And I've, I've been uh, supportive of Carnival. Uh, Ryan didn't mention that even after COVID, he was there for the food banks. I mean, Roberto did a great job, uh, continues to do a great job in that community. So I, I'm just glad. I, no one wants to see a chain link fence in an open space because 
landlords are afraid of liability or nuisance or attractive nuisance. This has been a sustainable space, and I applaud him for being able to hold the fort. I love the vendors that are there. I love, one thing I just, how could you not notice the diversity in what you just saw in a video? So please uh, prove this today, and I just hope they can sustain um, the vibrancy that they've done uh, in the past, and it continues into the future. Thank you. Please. I'll keep this brief. My name's Nick. I live in the neighborhood about four blocks down. I came here in support of the company I work for, but after seeing them stand up, uh, I have to show support as well. Nobody is doing what they're doing in the Mission District, period, when it comes to artists, vendors, and just throwing public events like that. Uh, I support to approve them. Thank you. No more audience members. All right. I'm sure there's some Zoomies. Yes. Okay. We're we moving. Yeah. We're moving one on. person on Zoom, their hand raised. I will bring them in right now. Hello. Hi, um, hello. If you could please state your name and you have two minutes. Thank you very much. Hi. My name's Annie. Thanks for the time. I won't repeat all the general noise objections that you guys hear at every meeting, including today's. I know you know all of them by heart. I will say about this particular permit and parking lot, first, the acoustics of the lot, given the high walls, are super bad for further amplifying music that's down there. It's not built to be an event space in such tight quarters. I can hear even the small Bluetooth speaker that you just saw playing from my apartment if the windows are open, but that's not what's loud enough to cause the issue. It's the special events that happen four times a month. Secondly, I have personally spoken to neighbors who've moved away, citing the noise in this lot, and I've personally called the SFPD because I didn't know the Entertainment Commission existed when this first started to be a problem. So I don't know where Ryan was getting that information, but it's neither here nor there. The point is we live 50 feet away from the lot. There's no AC in the building, so we have to have the windows open, so there's not really anywhere for us to hide. And third, the loudness and frequency of the permits requested special events are what are driving us crazy. Six hours a day might not sound like a big number on its own, but that's almost 40% of your waking hours. So almost half my day, any day of the week, is going to be subjected to this music. Special events now four times a month being increased to eight. That's every weekend of my life, probably both days of the weekend. So like, good luck enjoying your home with any level of peace. And, you know, the last guy just said nobody's doing this anywhere else in the mission. That's because it's that's just a little bit too much. So while selfishly, I'd like to protest any music in this lot, which it sounds like some neighbors did. You know, I am from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm a blue collar girl. I, too, want to support small businesses and be supportive of these vendors and even allowing for some, you know, community space there. That's why, in the interest of compromise, I have not objected to the vendors using the space, not objected to the Bluetooth speakers at all. I do really beg for more like one special event per quarter in the space, uh, which I'm, is Annie. not. Okay. Annie, I'm sorry. Thank you. That was your two minutes. Thank you. Okay. Any more callers on Zoom? There are none. All right. We're going to close public comment. Motions and conversations. Uh, 
I'm ready to make a motion. So I move to approve with staff recommendations. There a second? Second. All right, we can vote. Unless anybody has any objections or changes. Okay. Okay. President Lyman? Aye. Vice President Camino? Aye. Uh, Commissioner Falzon? Aye. Commissioner Perez? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wong? Aye. All right, you've been approved. Moving on. Man, we we still have a bunch ahead of us here, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Two. Wow. We should never have canceled that last one. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Painful. <laughs> ah, it happens. Okay, here we go. I like Caitlin's voice. She wakes us up. <laughs> yeah. Wake up. <laughs> the next permit on our agenda this evening is for a limited, limited live performance permit for SVN West located at 10 South Venice. SVN West is, was once the Fillmore of the West and then a Honda dealership and is now owned by Nonplus Ultra and is an event space. The LLP permit... Uh, application before you tonight is for indoor entertainment as well as outdoor entertainment and amplified sound on their second story rooftop. They intend to use this permit to host an array of performances including DJs, bands, and comedy acts as well as hosting corporate events with entertainment. Regarding the outdoor entertainment and amplified sound, the applicants would like the option to host these activities daily between 9 a.m. and 10 p.m. but will not exceed six hours daily, including the sound check before an event starts. Senior inspectors of Rena went out and set a sound limit for their rooftop. I actually had the pleasure of joining him for that sound test. He set the limit so as not to exceed ambient sound levels measured approximately 175 feet away from the rooftop directly across uh, South Venice Avenue. Please note, the limit that we are recommending for their regular outdoor programming is more restrictive than what is allowed in Municipal Police Code Article 15.1, Section 1060.16, as there are nearby sensitive receptors that were considered. So this is meant to be more of an ambient background sound type of sound limit. And additionally, they are requesting the ability to host up to eight special events per calendar year, which will be defined as an event that has up to eight hours of outdoor entertainment and or amplified sound between the hours of 9 a.m. and 10 p.m. and utilizes a higher sound limit. This special event sound limit has not been set yet, but EC staff will set this in accordance with MPC 1060.16 at a future date. And finally, regarding sound, EC staff will also be setting an internal sound limit in accordance with Municipal Police Code Article 29 for their indoor performance area. The applicants conducted extensive neighborhood outreach, notifying all of their surrounding residential and commercial neighbors of their LLP permit application. In your file tonight, there is a copy of their outreach letter, a list of who it was sent to, and a map depicting the radius of the, who was notified. We did receive nine letters of opposition for this application. However, none of these individuals wanted to be put in touch with the applicants directly when I asked. I, did, I will mention that SVN West did have three one-time event permits for entertainment on their rooftop in the last couple of months that generated quite a few sound complaints from two nearby residential buildings. In response to the complaints, the applicants... applicants <laughs> The applicants crafted a message for me to send to the neighbors opposing their permit, and that is also included in your file for your review tonight. We issued a notice of violation for the event they held on Saturday, April 29th, as a sound measurement report showed them to be operating in excess of their sound limit. However, the limit they were violating is what we are now calling their ambient background level and how we determine that they actually need a special event sound limit as well. 
I also want to mention that there are four letters of support that has increased to six since writing this memo, and those are included in your file, and SFPD Southern Station had one standard calendaring condition for this permit. Here to speak with you tonight are managers Kimberly and Shannon. Hi, I'm Shannon. Um, I want to just talk a little bit about uh, Nonplus Ultra and who we are. So um, our, our company name means nothing more beyond. So our business is to manage underutilized properties in San Francisco, essentially empty spaces, and then come in and do events, bring in culture, bring in art, and bring in music into those spaces which are essentially sitting empty. Um, talked a little about a little bit about who we are, what we do. So we do uh, a large range of different events within our spaces, um, from standard conferences to community events, um, immersive art experiences like Van Gogh, Bridgerton, the Frida Kahlo experience, um, public activations and pop-ups. Um, we host live concerts and we also host community celebrations. Uh, who we serve, we serve a wide range of our community from our big name tech as well to our smallity, smaller community members. Um, Dish uh, is one of the community members who we serve. We work with 9-11 Day, uh, another community organization, um, as well as Vitalant Blood Donation. Um, so a couple of the nonprofit experiences that we have hosted. Um, we, this is a photo of 9-11 Day, where we helped to pack almost 300,000 uh, meal packs for people who have been underserved. Um, we hosted an event with Charity Water, where we helped to raise $7.5 million uh, to help uh, build wells in, in parts of the world which don't have water. Um, we've worked with uh, the Kana Cultural Arts Center and the Mission and hosted fundraisers with them. Um, so we've worked with lots of different community members to open up our spaces uh, free of cost and also to work with the different community orgs uh, in our neighborhoods. Hi, I'm Kimberly. Um, so a little bit about SVN West Pass. Some of you guys may know. It was uh, used to be home to the Fillmore West and Carousel Ballroom. This was founded by legendary Bill Graham in 1968 and um, hosted many acts that you've probably heard of. Uh, Aretha Franklin, Grateful Dead, Jefferson Airplane, to name a few. Um, so we are really tasked with the responsibility of carrying on this venue's legacy into the future. Um, so these stats right here are something that we're really proud of at um, NPU. So during the pandemic back in March 2021, we were the first indoor public activation to open in the entire state during the pandemic. Um, so while everyone was on lockdown, our team was working day after day to make sure that we were ready to activate as soon as we were given the green light to do so. Um, we welcomed over a half a million guests through our doors over the 18-month run of the show and employed over 500-plus event staff. Um, so that goes for artists, 
uh, stagehands, carpenters, bartenders, ushers, all at a time where no one else was having those um, job opportunities. So this is a little video we put together to show you some of the diverse events that we host. All right, so you've seen where SVN West is today, so now I wanna take a moment to talk about SVN West's future. So in a few years, the building is, will be demolished and turned into another condo high-rise in the Van Ness Mission Corridor. Um, that's another venue that this city's losing, and it seems like year by year, the number of um, venues and music venues that we have in, in the city is disappearing. Um, so our goal is really to keep bringing um, live music and filling San Francisco's underutilized spaces with arts and culture for the last few years that the venue has left. Um, I just wanted to also highlight a couple, a couple things that we did during the pandemic. Um, you can see here uh, that a roadmap uh, to downtown San Francisco's future can't really see it with the words behind, or my, my captions there, but there is a photo of uh, SVN West when we hosted Immersive Van Gogh on SFGov's website, so we were super excited about that. Um, just talking about the usage of space and how we utilize space and how to help bring some of the culture and art and people back into San Francisco. Um, and uh, we were featured there, uh, just saying that another way to help bring uh, to bring experience and to bring people out after the pandemic is to facilitate new uses and then flexibility within our spaces um, in San Francisco. We have a couple of quotes um, from some of our government officials. Uh, live events are critical to San Francisco's culture and economy. Uh, we said we'd be there to support our music and entertainment venues and now the money is going out the door. Um, so that was a quote from London Breed. Um, one of the other quotes that we wanted to highlight uh, is from David Chu. San Francisco is famous for our live performances that bring our communities together and make our neighborhoods vibrant. Um, and that's really what we are trying to focus on doing uh, for the remainder three-ish years that we have left in, in the space. Um, and just a, just a couple more quotes that everyone can read. Um, but just, just noting that uh, the rooftop itself is, it's a very unique venue. Um, it has been here since the 60s. We only have a few years left and it's one of the only spaces in the city where you have a 15,000 square foot rooftop to do lots of different things. Um, from community events to concerts to um, 
comedy shows, and we're really trying to do what we can to help continue to bring people to the space and to just enjoy the city. Thank you. <laughs> Something tells me you got good grades, both of you. <laughs> no, that was a really well done presentation. That's, that's Thank you. a compliment. <laughs> I didn't say it was scorn. I got good grades too, by the way. Um, <laughs> questions? Um, I, I, one of the, while it's great that there are more and more rooftop venues in San Francisco, one of the things that comes along with a rooftop venue is that sound travels in different ways. And so obviously we've gotten a lot of complaints um, from essentially all, I think, of your outdoor rooftop events. Um, and I'm wondering sort of what additional efforts you feel like you could make both in, and again, as we were talking about, there's like a communication issue and there's a technological issue, right? So one is in terms of communicating with neighbors, making sure that both they have a way to contact you. I'm, I'm stealing Al's question. Um, but making sure that they have a way to contact you and also for you to be responsive, like having, you know, an email text that says, we're really sorry. I mean, that's, that's sort of a bare minimum, but that doesn't actually address people's kind of livability issues in terms of having a way to turn down the sound or otherwise be responsive. So the communication and both the, the technical thing, and I know we're, you know, setting limits and so on around all of that, but this has just been such an ongoing concern with this location in particular. Yeah, so I'll, I'll speak to the community outreach and sure. I'll let Shannon speak to some of the mitigation things we're working through as far as placement with our speakers. But um, for, for the two big apartment buildings that have been complaining, Chorus and 1550, what we have done prior to these three events where we've received complaints is we send a letter to the building's management. We have a Google Voice number that goes directly to the cell phone here. I've not received a single noise complaint on this phone, although it seems like they love to complain elsewhere, um, but we have been, we want to be there to answer the phone, to get ahead of these issues before it gets to your desk. Um, I don't know why they haven't reached out to us directly, but we have set up the tools so that they can. Um, and maybe it's uh, talking to the building managers more, uh, making sure that those letters are really going out. Um, yeah, I'm wondering if they're not getting that from the building manager or if the building manager is just posting a notice in the lobby or something, you know, like there's there's different ways to ensure that that the people in the, you know, in the building are getting that. Yeah. And just to piggyback off of that, I think, you know, we don't we don't want to be a nuisance to our community. Um, we don't we don't want to irritate people and, and make it make it troublesome. Sure. So. Um, I would say to anyone who's listening or to, to you all, we are super open to finding a way, a better way to communicate with our neighbors. Um, we've done the outreach to the property managers. We can't go door to door individually, but we are trying to reach out to them to let them know two, three weeks in advance, sometimes a month, hey, this is coming. This is coming this day. Let us know what you need from us. We haven't received any direct feedback 
um, but we are open to the communication and happy to talk to anyone and we'll do our best to let people know way in advance. We're only looking to do eight a year. Um, that's, I don't know, I can't do that much math, but 200, 350 some days where we're not doing loud parties. It is only eight times a year that we're looking to do these loud, big kind of shows. Um, but we are open and we are happy to talk to anyone who would like to talk to us. Um, and we do have the phone number listed during the events for anyone to call and say, hey, what's going on? Um, secondly, in uh, speaking to your first point about the sound and the, and the technical, I think we've found some faults in, in what we did the last two shows. Our stage placement wasn't the greatest. Our stage placement hit, hit the um, chorus. Which one's this 1550. one? 1550. and then bounce to chorus, right? Originally, when we used to do shows at this venue, um, our stage was kind of tucked in the corner and the sound shot back at us. Uh, with some new changes in fire, we weren't able to put our stage there. After some extensive conversations with fire, with, with EC, we have found a new location for our stage, which will not hit either, hopefully, depending on our next sound reading. Uh, which should not hit either, and the, the speaker should bounce back to us as we had originally done back in 2018, 2019, and 2021. 2021. Great, okay. I'm, I'm optimistic that that will be better. <laughs> Thank you. Hello, thanks for coming in. And you mentioned your uh, phone numbers will be available. And just for people who are listening, where can they find the phone numbers? On your website or is it a different? So the right. phone numbers were, were given out to the two property owners that where we've been getting the noise complaints. So those were buildings that came up during COVID. So when we came back from COVID, we had a bunch of new neighbors. Um, so it's been kind of a learning process and how is best to communicate with them. Um, these are very fancy apartment buildings where you can't really get past the front desk. We can't go door to door. The most we can do is communicate with the people that manage those buildings and who have direct contact with those tenants. Um, so what we have done is notify them when we have events. I have my email, I have my Google Voice number um, for them to call, um, but I have not received any phone calls on, on that phone line. Is it gonna be on your website? It's not on our website, but we're open to putting it on our website when we have those events. We don't have so many, so, um, but yes, we're definitely open to putting that on the website. Yeah, if, if, not getting, if they're not getting it from the building manager, totally. great, if there's a central location that they can find it directly from. Does open mean you're gonna do it? I don't know what open means. Yes, we can do it. We will do it. Thank you. You're welcome. Interrogation over here. <laughs> <laughs> Getting late, we gotta get to the chase. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, um, you know, I think the, the outdoor has been their main problem there, right? And I think just focusing on that indoor space is the way to go. Um, obviously, we've worked in, alongside Nonplus Ultra for years and years. They put on some of the best shows in the city. They also sometimes have had, uh, I think, an adversarial relationship with us, including our inspectors. And so I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, having the, the two of you with a really open relationship can help to... Um, heal the mend the wounds of the past um, but that's my only that's why uh, we're here yeah. <laughs> that's why it's us yeah. <laughs> at nine o'clock 
<laughs> it's almost nine. Um, all right, I have no more questions, anybody? No? All right, you can have a seat. Let's do public comment here. No one in the room? Anybody? Any public comment in the room? None? Mm, uh, one public comment online, one second. All right, so uh, Michael Nolte. Um, mm. Michael, if you can hear, um, please yes, unmute I, yourself. Yes, I am. Um, Michael Nolte here, uh, uh, Executive Director of Alliance for Better District 6. Um, I just want to make a suggestion to the uh, promoters. Uh, there's no reason why you can't put flyers of your events uh, near the entrances of these uh, buildings. Uh, obviously, the, uh, with the uh, contact information to the uh, promoters, um, there's, uh, and if Google Voice is like the cheapest way to be able to get a phone number, um, you seem like, like you, 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 when you did your presentation, you talked about how you do all kinds of uh, events. I mean, this, this is what you do. And so um, investing in the, the proper way of uh, uh, doing, um, allowing people to know how to contact you uh, should be a part of your business plan. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of, Concerned why it, it hasn't happened in the past, and uh, and there should be. More. I know managements are notorious for um, not wanting to uh, upset their tenants or not uh, doing what you expect them to do. Um, and this is with many kind of notices that have come from the city um, that never get to the actual residents. So um, this is not the first time I've heard where uh, management companies do not pass along um, notices from the city um, or even um, you know, any other uh, neighboring uh, things that are happening. So uh, please find other ways to uh, promote your um, events um, so the neighbors um, will be notified as well as other neighbors uh, that might want to just also attend. So promotion is key. Thank you. Thank you. Any more commenters? Yes, we have another one. Um, we have uh, Barry Toronto. Barry, if you can hear us, please. Yeah. Oh. I'm sorry, Barry. I apologize. Barry, uh, now you please speak. Go ahead. Good evening. Uh, Peter, Peter's done a great job with uh, the Midway and and uh, they make it easy for us to uh, uh, serve the public as taxi cab drivers. I hope that you will create uh, a zone near the exit for taxis to queue up so that a uh, separate designated area and kind of advertise it so that we are able to, um, to serve them and, rather, and have your patrons avoid the surge pricing. Taxi cab drivers do not have surge pricing our, our rates are the same, uh, no matter the demand. And so it'd be great uh, that you make it easy for uh, people to access taxis from, uh, from uh, the events you hold at that venue. Thank you very much. Thank you. Any further commenters on the phone? There are none. Public comment is now closed. Do we hear any motions? I'd like to move to approve with staff recommendations. 
Second. All right, we can vote. President Blyman? Aye. Vice President Camino? Aye. Commissioner Falzon? Aye. Commissioner Perez? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. And Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wong? Aye. All right, congratulations, you've been approved. And we can move on to our final permit. Uh, for this permit, I am recusing myself because I have been paid <laughs> by these people. <laughs> Farewell. No, like, not for this, I mean in the past. <laughs> They've paid me before. <laughs> I'm not allowed to be here. Okay, well, all right. Um, on that note, <laughs> Deputy Director Acevedo, please. <laughs> Okay, our final permit on the regular agenda is for a place of entertainment permit for the Hemlock Tavern located at 1131 Polk Street. This is the same location as the previous Hemlock Tavern, only it's under new ownership. The new team went through a CU with the planning department and are wrapping up extensive remodel with the inside of the space. The applicants plan to utilize the POE permit to host indoor entertainment such as DJs, live bands, comedy, and karaoke, both in the upstairs and downstairs areas. They have a thorough security plan, which is included in your file tonight. The applicants conducted extensive outreach, sending out over 300 letters to their nearby residential and commercial neighbors. I received one letter of concern about the entertainment ending at 2 a.m., but when I responded to the email, I never heard back. Additionally, the applicants received, at this rate, I think it's eight letters of support, and all of those are included in your file tonight. Northern Station had no added conditions, and here to speak with you tonight is the new GM, Daniel Partridge. Hi, Daniel. Welcome. Thank you. Hello, hello. Um, so, yeah, um, like Caitlin said, my name is Daniel Partridge, and I'm here on behalf of Beth Borgna. Had some family issues to attend to, so I will be representing the Hemlock and um, trying to get this permit uh, instilled. Um, is there a, um, a demonstration that came through uh, with the email that Michelle sent over? Should be a quick uh, three-point or three-page PowerPoint. And if not, no worries, but. <clears throat> um, so essentially, yeah, we're thrilled to be applying for this permit. Uh, we feel like San Francisco does not have enough live music venues and we are wanting to enter the scene and offer a place of uh, public entertainment where people can come and do DJ sets, uh, wanna host live bands, comedy shows, private events, birthday parties, uh, and then eventually the goal is to open up to the public as a bar slash live music venue where we would operate um, similarly as uh, the old Hemlock did. So, um, you know, we see it as a way to bridge the gap of all members of the community to come into a space and, and host uh, events from, you know, like I said, comedy shows to, to rock shows. So, um, if the presentation does come up, I do have some pictures of the space. We're really getting the ball rolling right now with uh, some sound additions. You know, we had some speakers installed. We did our decibel reading test and made sure that we're you know, where we fall in line and, and what we're able to do in the space is not gonna, um, you know, put us in a bad spot with any neighbors. You know, the main space that we're gonna be hosting the live music is actually under um, surface level. So it's gonna mitigate a lot of the sound and acoustics that will be uh, coming from the venue. So it's essentially, it's a two-story uh, venue, main level and a lower level. The main level is kind of bright, airy, open. Uh, it spills out onto the street. That's um, where we would, you know, be having guests enter and grabbing a drink, congregating, and then coming downstairs for live entertainment. So um, there are two entrances into the venue. That's where we would likely be placing security. That's where we will be placing security staff, uh, depending on if we open up one level or both levels. 
um, we'll either have one security guard or two security guards per event. So um, we feel like we've done our due diligence in a security plan and uh, outreach, like uh, Caitlin said, we've sent out over 300 letters to the community. We received one letter of um, you know, concern, which we were not able to get in contact with. So um, we did gather uh, a, a nice number of um, letters of support from the community. I've been making sure to go out and meet members uh, that are attending events at the bars and, and bar owners and kind of let everybody know what we're up to and what we're about. And we've gotten a lot of recognition and uh, welcoming into the neighborhood. So um, a couple of goals of ours are to bring live music back to the Lower Polk area. We've uh, done tours with members of the community, including uh, the LPN, Lower Polk uh, Neighborhood Group, who have voiced their uh, support as well. Um, we want to be good neighbors to everybody that's, that's around the area, and we feel like we've done a really good job with the, the soundproofing of the building. Uh, we've installed a lot of soundproofing panels in the lower level to absorb sound and also make a better acoustical presence for the, the, the shows that we want to be putting on in the future. Um, and then we want to establish ourselves as top-tier operators. We want to be really good at what we do. We want people to, to recognize the name and say, hey, that's where I want to host uh, my next show. That's where I want to have my birthday party. That's where I want to go get a beer at. So uh, those are a few of our goals. And then a few of the things that we've done to uh, make sure that we're in compliance and that we're, we're good operators, good neighbors. Um, like I said, we've done a really good job with the soundproofing. We're in a new building, we're below the surface level, we're not expecting a ton of sound issues to be coming from this venue, it's just not set up for that. Um, it's actually, you know, it's probably as good of a, a scenario as we could possibly have for a live music venue in the city. Um, we have a ton of letters of support. Uh, I brought some um, examples of what we'll be posting at our entrances and exits, you know, reminding everybody of the good neighbor policy, smoking policies. That is my direct line there. My direct line's on uh, the email as well. I've heard that question come up a few times. <laughs> I've gotten one call since we've uh, had that live on the website, and it was just kind of a person that was walking by while we were doing tours in the space and was interested about the space that we actually invited in to show uh, what, we're, what we're up to, and we got a letter of support from that member as well. So we're really up to bringing people into the space and letting people know what we're all about. I welcome everybody to come in and uh, set up a tour. Like I said, if you call that number on the website or anything that's posted on the outside of the venue, it will reach my line. So uh, we're pretty adamant that we're uh, approachable and we're really willing to work with any sort of complaints that we hear and, and compliance issues that might arise. So um, that being said, uh, you know, I, I, you can see the, the letters of support that we've gathered um, and I would like to answer any questions you may have. Thank you, Daniel. Hmm? Sorry, we were not able to um, retrieve your PowerPoint, but I think you did an exceptional job in recapping all your talking points. Twice, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, excellent. Okay, commissioners, any questions? Um, uh, thank you. Uh, it's really uh, exciting to have the Hemlock back. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, so often when a building undergoes a lot of reconstruction or remodeling or rebuilding we lose the venue entirely so having it won't be the old hemlock but having the new hemlock sure. um, is great uh, just one um, request that for in terms of your staff training that you to ask if you'd be willing to add uh, overdose recognition and response uh, to the training that your staff receives we would love to explore that option. Um, that is something, you know, I haven't heard that before, and, and it's, I think, something that's um, not taken lightly, you know, given the circumstances of that area and, 
you know, another area that, that I work in frequently is the tenderloin, and you know, we yep. see these problems on a daily basis. So we'll absolutely look into that option. Wonderful. Thank you. You're and uh, Entertainment Commission staff can help connect you to resources. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Anyone else? Oh, go ahead. Hello. Thanks for coming in. I'm, I'm, thank you so much. It looks like you did a lot of mailings. Um, <coughs> I see 12 and a half pages of outreach. Is this like the folks that you mailed outreach to? <laughs> Say that one more time. I'm sorry. I see here 12 and a half pages of addresses. Are yep. these other folks, the neighbors that you contacted? Correct, yeah. So we, we used a mailing service that, that uh, was able to get that done ASAP for us to get you know into this, this space. Um, and that was what was provided. Great, outstanding, thank you. Yep. And did, did any of them respond to you? Uh, like Caitlin said, just the single uh, that we, or we didn't hear back from that, that individual. Oh. So oh. Um, from my standpoint, we have zero opposition so far. All right, so I'm guessing it's no news is good news, right? Exactly, All right. exactly. And then you mentioned you, you guys um, set, um, put up some acoustical panels. Can you share the range of price of that? Because we talked earlier about it's kind of this kind of costs a lot of money. Is it in your experience? Was it really exorbitant? Uh, so we, uh, we worked with the developer of the building to, in, uh, to put these sound panels in place. They're very similar to what you see on the wall here. Um, we basically bought soundproofing material. We used some like carpet fabric to, to you know dress them up and put some nice colors on them. Hung them on a wall. They basically act as picture frames that absorb sound and take a lot of the bounce of sound away. So, um, you know, we've done this with a few places, but this is uh, highly important when you're talking to artists and performing in your space. Um, but also with the escape of sound through the venue. So, um, you know, it was important for for both the sound escape and um, you know, the acoustical presence in the, in the space. Did you also end up putting some on the ceiling or just on the walls? In that space, we do not have any on the ceiling. The ceiling is kind of, uh, it's, it's exposed beams, so it wouldn't work so well on the ceiling. But we tried to hit, you know, or we're, we're still in the process of doing this, but every kind of square inch that we can to achieve that really high, you know, it, kind of like when you walk into this room and it steals your voice away, that's what we're trying to achieve there. We'll never quite get there, but uh, we, we're doing the best we can. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good job. Okay. Any other comments, commissioners? Okay. Uh, why don't you go ahead and have a seat close by? Sure. <laughs> and we're going to go to public comment. <laughs> okay, Ms. May. Anyone? Nobody in person, and I don't see anybody. Oh, one. Whoa. Yes, one comment <laughs> online, I think. One second. Mm -hmm. Michael, can you hear us? Yes, uh, okay, Michael Nolte here. Um, I'm in support of this project. Uh, we need to have uh, adequate number of bars on Polk Street um, as long as uh, they work well with the, the neighbors and they sound like uh, when they talk about a business plan, they're actually going the right direction. Um, I, I normally don't hear uh, uh, the um, New uh, bars talk about business plans, and but the business plans or or security plans are an important part of uh, putting in a new business uh, or with uh, new um, operators. So I'm in support. I'm also a member of Low Polk Neighbors as as well as uh, um, the uh, Alliance for Bear District Six, as well as North Market Business Association. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Michael. All right, I think we are. Ready for a motion? Close. Public comment. Oh, 
fast. Sorry. Public comment is now closed. Thank you. Okay. I move to approve this item with staff recommendations. Second. Awesome. Can we have a vote, please? Yes. Vice President Camino? Aye. Commissioner Falzon? Aye. Commissioner Perez? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wong? Aye. Okay, congratulations. Um, please check in with our commission staff to for next steps. And now we have the return of President Blyman. We can't tell you about it. <laughs> we talked about you in particular. All right. Uh, the last agenda item is number eight, commissioner comments and questions. And I know Commissioner Falzon wanted to say some words. I did. I wanted to uh, ask that tonight we end tonight's meeting in memoriam for a wonderful civic leader. His name was Marvis Phillips. Marvis came to San Francisco in 1973. Sadly, he passed away on April 4th, 2023. For those that didn't know Marvis, for the longest time, um, he was the chair of the Alliance for a Better District 6 uh, safety chair. He also held several posts with Project Safe as block captains of 900 Polk, 300 Eddy, and 300 Ellis. He also was involved in the NERT training program. Uh, Marvis was very active in uh, taking a voice with the issuing of ABC licenses and worked very hard to represent the uh, transitional communities in the Tenderloin. Uh, sadly, he did pass away. He will be missed. He was a good man and a great supporter of our residents. Thank you. There's also a photo of him on the document camera if we want to show that real quick. There that we is go. Mar Thank you. Nice man. Thank you. Commissioner Perez. Um, happy APA Heritage Month uh, in May and also happy Small Business Month. I'd like to invite everyone to come out to the Excelsior neighborhood where I live. We're having um, a restaurant dine around. We're calling it Chow Fun. It's an Asian dine around to support the small business owners there, restaurants, bakeries, cafes, and bars. Um, it's along the Mission Street corridor and Geneva Avenue corridor. So it's happening this week. We're also having a passport program so that every time you support a merchant, they'll give you a stamp on your passport. And if you get three or more stamps, you get a chance to win fabulous prizes. So the raffle drawing will take place on this Saturday, uh, the 20th. So please come out and support the merchants in the Excelsior. Thank you. Any other comment? Um, I just wanted to, uh, I had a few. I uh, just wanted to congratulate uh, Bangura and Beats that had their night market this past weekend and that it was a huge success. And I think that that is the kind of event that we're looking for to help reactivate downtown. Um, so congratulations to Katie and Alan on that. Also just wanted to note on Saturday, it is Harvey Milk Day is being observed by the Castro Merchants Association, the Castro CBD, the Castro LGBTQ Cultural District and the uh, Friends of Harvey Milk Plaza and the Harvey Milk Democratic Club. They will be doing a block party in Jane Warner Plaza that features uh, DJs, DJ Nico, and Drag Story Hour. Also, uh, on the 28th <coughs> is uh, the weekend of 28th is Carnival, and they will having they will be having their Colores de Amor 
LGBTQ stage, and I thank Carnival for focusing on the LGBTQ community in the mission. And uh, I also, if I may, would like to close um, this meeting in memory of Banco Brown, um, just acknowledging that uh, many of the most vulnerable in our community, especially black trans members of our community, are still not ensured safety and that we should do better. Any further comments? Is there any public comment on this agenda item? No public comment on this item. All right, we'll close public comment and we will adjourn this meeting at 9, 12 p.m. Thank you.